Hey guys, I'm really excited to announce that after 21 short episodes, we have our first sponsor. It's a locally owned and operated nonprofit video rental store called Film is Truth. They have a collection of over 19,000 films in VHS, DVD, and Blu-ray. So no matter what platform you watch on, you can find the film you're looking for. They have a little bit of everything, but specialize in foreign, independent, art house, and documentary films, which is super cool because they likely have a selection that you won't be able to find in larger stores or even on some of the larger streaming platforms. This is great for filmmakers especially because you should have a wide background of films to pull from in your own filmmaking. Here at Back to Back Films, we are all about expanding not only our own knowledge, but the knowledge of our listeners, viewing films that we normally wouldn't watch, so this is a really special partnership for us. Film is Truth is open from noon to 9 p.m. every day and can be found here in Bellingham at 1530 Cornwall Avenue, inside the Terra Organica Market. That's convenient for you because you can get your food and your films in one stop. If you are a non-local listener, then you can find them at filmistruth.com or at facebook.com at filmistruth. Alright everyone, enjoy the show. Also, just to let everyone know, we had quite a few technical difficulties this episode. Uh, We lost a good chunk of audio, and so you'll hear the audio kind of fade out, and we'll come back in. It'll be pretty obvious, and we definitely recap what we covered. Sorry for the technical errors this episode. We are definitely going to have those smoothed out for our future episodes, and thank you for listening to this one. Hope you enjoy the zombies. This week's episode of the Back to Back Films Podcast. This week we're covering Night of the Living Dead and 28 Days Later, talking about the zombie genre. Uh, as always, we recommend that you watch two films we'll be discussing before listening to the episode, uh, if you're someone who cares about spoilers. I'm your host, Keith. This is Byron. And I'm Jake. Alright, dudes. So we didn't record Thursday, uh, so updates between... I still haven't even gotten the, epi- the last episode out so bad. <laughs> That's um, alright. But yeah, any anything special on the docket? Oh man, seems like there is, but I um, can't think of anything. Out. I want to say I saw a cool movie, but uh, I want to go see uh, Logan Lucky's in theaters now. Ooh, I gotta see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah I want to see it. It's at yeah. Barkley. So oh, I want to. I got two tickets that we already have bought. So oh, dope. Yeah, I want to go see that. That's one. the new Soderbergh movie. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah, and everyone thought he would actually quit movies. Not me. Not me. Yeah. Anyone who Not says they're going to quit I knew movies he'd come back. lying sacks of crap. Yeah, because he's been doing The Nick, the TV show The Nick. He's been doing that. Uh, granted, it's not a movie, but it's you know TV show. I'm quitting movies, but just doing TV shows. Yeah, yeah, like, exactly. So I was like, oh, it's just a matter of time. He's going to come back. Yeah, I, this yeah. one looks good, though. Yeah, it does. I saw the <laughs> trailer, and freaking Daniel Craig is diff- so different. Yeah. yeah. Like, so different. He's so weird. Yeah, I, l- I love it. I love it. You know, it's, it goes back to that movie baggage uh, thing that we were talking about. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Because he's yeah. been Bond, for, and he signed up for another yeah, Bond movie. Yeah, yep. So, yeah, he's been Bond this whole time, and he's old, too, so, like, having him be that kind of, like, eccentric character yeah. is kind of interesting and it's funny the movie Baggage because he's in like layer cake and stuff and that you know has cars and like it's kind of it is kind of cool like, kinda you know cool. Soderbergh like knew all that shit too yeah like, this is why you're in here sir uh, yeah he wanted that surprise 
yeah, in the trailer. And I bet the studio was, like, all up for it, because, like, people were like, whoa, Daniel Craig, and they thought it was freaking hilarious, like, <laughs> uh, watching that in the theater, so that was kind of fun. And it's funny, because... Um, updates for me... Oh, sorry. Oh, you go, go ahead, go you ahead. Go. Oh, I was going to oh. say, it's just funny that Channing Tatum, you know, he's actually in quite a few Soderbergh films, so it's kind of funny that he's, you know, in this one, too. I've heard he's, yeah. like, a good person to work with. Yeah. He like, seems like he'd be probably just a cool, chill guy, you know? Like, how many films is he in that where you're the the crew or the director's like, that dude was just a fucking pain in the ass? You never <laughs> yeah. hear that about that guy. No, yeah. Like, he just seems, like, right. genuinely nice. And I've heard the same thing with Adam Driver, so... It was oh, yeah. probably a pretty cool set to be on, really. Oh, with his fake arm in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. I want to see that for sure. All right, Jacob. Oh, yeah. So I'm just, I just wanted to say I have a cold. So, um, yeah. That, so if I, if I, I might do some sniffles this episode. Just saying. <laughs> Good warning. Good warning. Uh, yeah, you're welcome, listeners. It's not an emotional... Uh, reaction to the films we've we'll be talking about. <laughs> I, well, he's crying because he's getting married to my living dead. <laughs> yes. He found his true love. He's becoming um, a ghoul. Your film is online now, too, so it's accessible and viewable by everyone. Yes, it is. So uh, if you want to check it out, check it out. Um, Where at? Yeah. Oh, you know, it's on, uh, it's on Vimeo. Um, if you just search the game of Kube, it should be one of the, the top, uh, K-U-B-B, right? K-U-B-B, um, uh, or if you find me on Vimeo, Jacob Foltz, um, you can find it that way too. F-O-L-T-Z. Recent, uh, F-O-L-T-Z, um, or just have me on Facebook and you can see it posted there. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, the, the thumbnail is like a picture of like a Kube block with which is just like a regular block with a snake on it. Someone, one of uh, someone we know, did put like some cool artwork on some of the coup blocks. So if you, it's just like a snake one in grass. So if you're having a hard time finding it, look for the thumbnail. Dude, Cody Olson was pretty funny in that movie. Like, oh, are you guys having him play like this Spanish <laughs> uh, douchebag yeah. superstar guy? <laughs> yeah, he did. He did a pretty good job yeah. uh, with with that role. And we kind of, you know, from what I know about Cody, I mean, he's a uh, He's a great actor, and uh, he's also a really interesting person in general. And I knew that he could kind of pull off that douchey guy because he, cause he knows it. You know what I mean? Like, he knows what those people are like and, and hangs out with them a lot. Because so. he's just a douche is what you're saying. <laughs> I, I, wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't call him a juice I'm just douche. Uh, although I did, on, on set, when we were talking, I was like, I feel like you can play this role because you are this way. <laughs> I was joking with him. This is why I cast uh, you as typecasting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but, uh, yeah, he, he generally, he, he rolls with that crowd pretty pretty well and enjoys it. So I think he just, he gets it. You know, he yeah. It. The actress did a pretty good job, too. And I, I want to say I've seen her in other stuff. Oh yeah, Linnea. She she went to uh, Western. Yeah. Um, oh, that's she, right. Yeah. yeah, she was in theater. Because I know I I saw I've seen her in like I don't know if it was like it was probably just other Kvike stuff or uh, she was even in Kyle's film actually. Yeah, she was in that's that's what I'm thinking. She was in one of uh, I think she was in My Life by uh, she had a small okay. part in that. Um, in Kyle. Yeah, Walker's that might film. be that might be true. Yeah. Yeah, because she was in like Soapbox and stuff with that whole crew. Okay. Which, 
I think Kyle had a thing in Soapbox. Right, right? he did. So, yep, yeah. yep. Yeah, because he did he that did whole for it. Uh, but yeah, play she was in that. with the... Yeah, that's cool. Cool, yeah, I don't have... Yeah. Let's just say getting that filmmaking itch bad, though, dude. I need to, like, make something <laughs> really bad and, like... I don't know. Yeah, scratch I gotta, the itch. I do, man. I just gotta start, like... I just need to get back to that, like, experimental shit. Like, not scripting it so much, you know? I'm, I'm letting the script hold me back too much, I think. So I was just like, it's gonna go shoot. Well, know? that idea that you had... Like, you're stuck in development sort of a thing. Sorry, you're gonna have to say that again. The connection was bad. Oh, like you're stuck in development? Yeah, like, I'm just letting, like, the lack of ideas hold me back from doing something. Like, you know, because when you're writing a script, it's like... For me, it's like... I don't know. I, I, I don't outline the script usually beforehand, so I just write it, and as it goes, it goes. And if I don't have an idea, then I just stop, which is not good. Like, I'm trying to force myself to do, like, free writing f- to get going, but, it, you know, I can't get an- another scene there that, that I want to be there. So, like, I just I mean, yeah. let it hold me back. Yeah. Whereas, like, I just need to just 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 do it. You Dude, know? that's funny, man. Like, I think you and I, we have very similar, because we've talked about this before, very similar writing habits. I am just like that, and I am stuck on the one that I'm working on. Like, I got the ending, and I got the beginning, but I cannot naturally get to the ending that I want. It, like, I'm stuck. Like, I can't... Maybe we should just swap. <laughs> I'm just like, no, seriously, I'll give you a smile, and you give me yours, and I'll just write something, and then throw it away, or, or yeah. you know, whatever. Like, but it, I need just something, like... That's why I try to work with other people, but at the same time, you don't always get something concrete when you work with other right. people. But I like to get you know yeah. the other perspective ideas like, so. my brother Nick like he's helping out but I don't I, I haven't heard from him so he could have he could have like some golden idea and I don't even know he could he could have like helped me out but I don't know <laughs> he's, yeah. he's like come on <laughs> text me back damn it <laughs> that's why I'm trying to do this like semi-improvised thing because it's like I can make the scenario and then just let it flow from there yeah. see now that's cool you know, too yeah. and just kind of cut it together like I don't know I just need to I'm tired of the strict the strictness, so that's kind of where yeah. I'm at with that. Just trying right, to right. trying to force the project out. Um, but yeah, nothing too too much. Uh, so let's see. Yeah, I think we should just jump right into it then. Yeah, let's do it. Um, let's do it. And move right along into these films because they're pretty awesome. So yeah, the main topic this week is the zombie film. We're going to kick it off with the father of all zombie movies, George Romero's Night of the Living Dead. Uh, just a basic plot summary. Um, there's panic throughout the nation as the dead suddenly come back to life. The film follows a group of characters who barricade themselves in an old farmhouse in an attempt to remain safe from these flesh-eating monsters. Uh, so the film was made in 1968, and it stars uh, Dwayne Jones, Judith O'Day, or Odea, I think it's O'Day... Carl Hardman, Marilyn Eastman, and Keith Wayne. The film was written by John Rousseau and uh, George Romero. So uh, the film drew a lot of its inspiration from the novel I Am Legend, kind of which went on to be its own set of films, uh, The Last Man on Earth, The Omega Man, and I Am Legend, which most people are probably familiar with I Am Legend, um, which apparently is a pretty big departure from the book. I've never read the book, but... I guess the movie is completely different, uh, which is such an interesting... I love that, because I was reading about I Am Legend recently, and people are so divided on that movie, because they're (laughs) like, it's not like the book, man. It's just, it's like, they're two different entities. And I'm thinking, like, 
you can't you just can't adapt a book into a movie it just doesn't work you know it has to be changed so of course it's going to be two different entities and it audiences and fans just cannot like i don't know that idea they just can't accept they want it to be right. the book they want it to be exactly in the movie and it's like dude you get two hours in a movie it, it it's almost like you can never go right because it's like i've if a book is getting made into a film there there's always going to be oh it's it's not like the book don't go see it it's exactly. not like the book or if it's a movie um that turns it gets into the book you know it's same type of thing exactly. it, it's it's almost like people chill out we know it's not going to be the same I like know, obviously yeah. you know what i mean like, exactly. <laughs> like dude right. just enjoy it makes one. me wonder why people even go to those movies anyways right like hey you know you read the book you like the book just leave it at that yeah you know yeah. why are you going and watching the movie yeah if you know you're gonna like oh it's different of course it's going to be different it's a Duh. fucking movie yeah. <laughs> and you in reality you want it to be different you don't want the book you know like you read the book because it's a book and it was like what you can put in a book is like special because that's that's why it's its own literary like device whereas like a movie has its own special qualities and you want the movie to do what a movie can do using some of the elements right yeah like familiarities like, it's so. like if you're if you know what books can do and you know what films can do obviously they they touch people differently but they also touch everybody uh differently just because of, due to their different um art it's a different art exactly. uh, so like you know that if you read a book you're not going to get a particular type of um uh feeling it's hard to describe really uh as as like a movie would or vice Clearly, versa yeah. I, um i don't know and some things are better in a book that totally. aren't translated as well in film and vice versa so it's like you have to know those um going in because if you don't then yeah you're always going to be disappointed so i don't get why people just right i don't know it's like the shining that's like one of the best right. examples yeah. yeah see and movies are so simplified you know like books are have the capability of being very complex exactly right but movies movies can't like they're just not capable because of how they work you know yeah they, they're complex in their own way yeah in a right? completely different way yeah like you can derive a deepness from a movie and discover things from a movie, but it's just never going to be the same type of complexity as what you can do in a book. Because you can cover, like, right. you know, 20 pages of backstory in a book, but you're not going to do 20 minutes of backstory, well, you might in a film, but that's because the film is structured as an origin story, whereas if you do 20 minutes of backstory, that just doesn't work. You yeah, know, yeah. Like a, you yeah. need... Right. <laughs> That'd be weird. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's... I don't know. The whole I am legend thing is like, it's like whatever, you know. Enjoy what it is. Yeah. And just, and just. Right. It took someone a lot of work to adapt. It takes a lot of work to even adapt something, to pick and choose what actually you want to go into a film, you know? So, be, you know, give the guy some credit. It's funny because we're we'll, we'll probably talking about yeah, it. Uh, it's, it's almost more work than writing your original screenplay. Totally. It's almost yeah. more. Totally. Yeah. It's a similar topic than what we'll probably be discussing next week right with next week's is a dolly zoom oh okay never mind what is Two which weeks. one are you talking the about the nocturnal animals and oh that's it's your... kind of about the adapt you know both of those films are going to be kind of about adapting books into films kind of okay i know bit. we have like a specific topic on that too yeah. so either i mean if we touch it now oh, cool, we can always cool. touch yeah, it later sweet, too sweet. like it's a pretty big 
Yeah, yeah. You no, know, you topic. can you can talk about it. Like, yeah. I mean, it's such a huge. It's not a genre, but it's it's such a huge thing. There's so many movies that have been based on books. You know. <laughs> exactly, and all of Kubrick's movies were based on books. Pretty sure, like wow. all of them. I haven't even really thought of that. Except for 2001 was a was original. Was fairly original because him and Arthur Clarke uh, conceived that story together, and then Clarke wrote a book based off the movie. Um, yeah. But Clockwork Orange is a book. Yeah. Uh, I think Paths of Glory is based off it. Spartacus is based off another story. It's Lolita is a book. Yeah. It's funny. I want to because I honestly I want to say The Shining. Both A Clockwork Orange and The Shining are better than the books. For I, me, I tried reading A Clockwork Orange, and it's really hard. Yeah, I, I that's one of my favorite books. It sounds kind of cliche, but I, I just love what he did with it. And the fact that the guy who wrote it, his wife was really raped and then killed herself, Oof. makes that whole rape scene way more brutal. Way more brutal because he wrote it after. Ooh, like it, it, it yeah. and just that he, the emotional like intensity like it's not some exploitative like book you know what i mean like there's a deep like hurt there you know interesting which which Whoa, which i didn't know that. yeah which makes that book to me like so like it's so raw you know what i mean like people can say oh it's a contri- it's contrived because that's just like a, a way the author can use as a, a a plot or whatever and i'm like yeah you can say that but this was 1967 or 8 i think is when he wrote it and like you didn't get that as much in yeah, books, right? uh, let alone movies, uh, um, at that point. And I don't think it's not contrived. I mean, he's he's coming from somewhere deep, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, I had well, not really cool, but interesting. But yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> like use that and, yeah. and probably use it as a cathartic way to 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 deal with it himself. Yeah, for know? sure. For yeah, like, definitely. And that definitely adds a different tone to that yeah. whole scene. Um, let me see where were we um, so the film is well known for its controversial lead character who is black uh, Romero states that Jones got the role simply because he had the best audition that's uh, awesome <laughs> yeah right nice. although he owned white people <laughs> although he had to have known that it was going to be controversial like you can't just cast that and be like whatever like i didn't know yeah he yeah. knew but he, you know according to him it was just like the guy killed it and yeah. so he gave him the role um the character of ben was actually oh that's what i was gonna say actually that's what i meant to say i know i was blanking on something so byron mentioned nocturnal animals and what was the other one uh under the skin under the skin so in a in a couple episodes or starting on 20 episode 26 so like five episodes from now we're each choosing the films and choosing the topic so like it'll kind of be like each person is kind of leading it themselves uh so it'll be kind of a slightly different episodes you know where we finally get to just pick some films that we just kind of want to watch and talk about as opposed to you know kind of shaping films and topics and stuff like that the way we usually kind of pick stuff so look out for that uh so back to ben but the character ben who's Dwayne Jones, uh, was actually written as a simple, slightly dumb truck driver and was white. Uh, but Jones refused to play this character because he himself was actually like an educated individual. 
Uh, so he refused to play that character and essentially upgraded all of the dialogue to what an educated man might say. <laughs> awesome. uh, I guess <laughs> there was like a bunch of like revision happening during the shooting of this film due to the actors themselves just adding their own in- like I guess a lot of it was ad-libbed. Um, uh, Barbara, so Judith O'Day, the blonde lady, she apparently she ad-libbed the part where she's describing uh, what happened in the in the graveyard. Oh, apparently okay. that wasn't scripted. He, that was just her kind of rambling. Oh, wow. And, like, there was just different, like, basement scenes were kind of ad-libbed and changed by the actors and how they thought it, it should feel. Uh, so it was kind of like this organic process. It feels organic. Like, does, especially yeah. the basement scenes for me seemed pretty organic. It didn't seem super, you know... Scripted, yeah. Scripted or anything. Right, exactly. Um, so, yeah, so he changed that character, which is for the better, because I think if he would have been playing, like, a dumb-sounding black guy, <laughs> it, it wouldn't have come off so well. No, you know, yeah, like for it's sure. Like, it's kind of a, a it, good Yeah, choice. it would have come off a little racist. Yeah, yeah, definitely. There definitely would have been some backlash. Um which even in 1968, still kind of like, I don't know, maybe back then it might have come off better, but yeah, it definitely would not have aged well. I heard uh, that there's that scene, you know, when he like hits his hits the girl mm-hmm. that George Romero said that you know he regretted not listening to Dwayne Jones saying like I shouldn't hit her because it kind of says you know like you know has a black guy hitting a white girl you know yeah. like um and and he he didn't like that he didn't want to do that but george romero you know decided like no let like let's do it but looking back romero is sad now like he Regrets wished that. that he hadn't have had dwayne jones do that and that you know figured out something different to do there's definitely said. something yeah. poignant about that specific shot yeah you know where he does hit her like the, the tone of it is a little different. Yeah. You know? um, so the film never once uses the word zombie and Romero even referred to them as ghouls. <laughs> uh, a lot of people call them flesh eaters or uh, what do they say? Like uh, not living. Well, they called it living dead, obviously, but like returned. They used some other term. It was like returned oh, uh... dead or something like that. Um, but they never actually say zombie. And they say something things, right? Uh, they say things out the yeah. lot. Yeah. And those things, yeah. It's it's very much like those over there. It's never a specific term. Those th- I'm getting the Carpent- John Carpenter, the thing song theme in my head now. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, much like the basement in The Evil Dead, the basement in this film did not exist. The door in the wall was when the crew cut into the wall, and all the basement scenes were shot at a separate location, which is why the camera sits down at the bottom of the stairs and shoots up. It's cool. You know, it's just a kind of trick. So, kind of, you know, I, I bet you Sam Raimi's watched, uh, at one point, watched Night of the Living Dead and, and probably learned that. And was like, yeah. you know, we can, <laughs> something that he probably just kind of logged in the back of his mind without thinking, like, oh, we're going to use this later, and yeah. then kind of came up. So, you know cheat stuff for sure um it's really the best way to do it if you know if you can work around it. if you need a basement find a basement yeah <laughs> you, know, you don't need it at your actual location right um so the reason why the crew was actually even able to cut a hole in the house and while the why they were able to like nail stuff up and break stuff and take off doors and all this stuff and basically just alter the entire house completely 
was because it was actually set to be demolished soon after the filming wrapped. Which is genius. Yeah, for sure. Genius. Because like, the, the actual original house yeah, doesn't even smart. exist today. Uh, but, you know, like, saving on budget, because, like, how much did they really pay to use that place? Probably not a lot, yeah. if anything. Yeah. And then you can do whatever the hell you want. Yeah. Because it's, like, it's not like you're filming in some, like, pristine castle or, like, Versailles or something where you have to, like, make a door put a door in, light the door on fire, you know, get another door, you know, it, it, then it just gets super expensive because you have to have everything, you know, be brought in that's going to be demolished or whatever. Mm-hmm. And Or know. like what we'll talk about later with 28 <laughs> right. Days Later when they shot using that mansion because that yeah. was a real, yeah. you know, place. It was just a fake mansion that they built, right? <laughs> it uh, wasn't cardboard, what? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so... That's just, it's a really it's really genius, and I think there's a lot of lessons to be learned about this production, the production of this movie, and how to really utilize what you got. Yeah, you know, yeah. and that's something I'm going to be looking out for. Is like, what can we use that's might just need to be destroyed, will be destroyed anyway. Yeah, <laughs> what last use can it have? Um, so uh, yeah, so the choice to film in black and white was actually due to budget constraints. Uh, you just couldn't afford the color film. So they went with the black and white film, and a lot of critics and theorists think that actually was to the film's benefit. It gives it a certain. Um, one guy said it kind of gives it this kind of docu feel. The way it was shot too, kind of just it feels a little more like you're there. Yeah, like you're you know they're, they're documenting as opposed to just filming something. Um, and I, I think honestly, it looks better. Yeah, I, I can't. If it was in color, I think it would it would not have. Hold the same magic. It would look even. It would look dated too. Yeah, like probably. I mean, because even yeah. like Dawn of the Dead and Day of the Dead, they look they look dated. You know, yeah, like totally. I mean, they're still great movies, but they they do look dated. And it's not it's not even so much like because of the costumes and stuff, but it's just really it, there's part of that. It's like the coloring of the film, even mm-hmm. like the film stock too. Mm-hmm. Like you could just it does feel a little dated. Um, it also it lets is, you hide stuff in shadow because you just literally have black and white, you know? Like a, yeah, like, yeah. If you crush those blacks and you have the shadow, then you can hide a lot there, which is part of what they were doing is they specifically lit it to be sort of noirish, so that it was like, you know, a lot a lot was hidden, but there was sort of this, like, message that they were trying to portray through yeah. the use of light, too. Um, it, I, I remember the first time I watched this movie, it was a long time ago. I, I don't know, I might have been, like sixth or seventh grade and my mom bought it on vhs at a thrift store or whatever and it's like you guys got you know you guys gotta see this and we watched it as it was the whole family and i remember though like after viewing it really remembering like the black and white and how it was very black and white there wasn't yeah like a lot of grays or that's or, true like it was it's very right. monochromatic um and it did have that kind of film war feel to it which is kind of cool i like that because i mean Zombies in film war. I mean, that's pretty that cool. Sense. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense <laughs> for sure. Uh, I, I, yeah, and it also allowed them to use stuff like I guess they like just straight up use like chocolate syrup for blood. Right, that's you know, like the Hitchcock thing, right? Yeah. It's psycho, you know, same thing. Exactly. So you can use things that are cheaper because you don't have to worry about the color of it and, and looking looking correct. You know, right, um, right. But it definitely just yeah, it's it's. Horror lives in shadow anyway, so having the house, like, especially the upstairs area, was very, very dark. The, the, the only light was being shot up from the stairs, yeah. maybe through a window, but that was it, you know? Yeah. And so wow. just letting it be dark is definitely where the horror exists. And, you know, having the zombies come out of the darkness, 
You know, that yeah. too. Like, And then also, you they used a lot less people because you don't have to fill the space yeah, yeah. <laughs> because there's light, you know? Like, right. It's, it's genius, really, I think. It's um, kind of funny, too, how it's such a – it's – oh, gosh, I just lost it. Uh, oh, my <laughs> no, God. Black and white, um, filling it with people. Uh Darkness. Oh, it's just funny how like it's it, it's not okay today's standard. It's not a graphic film, but it's it was you know at the time it was it showed very controversial. Very at the time, like actually, it showed yeah. like things that were like uh, how did they film that or like cannibalism. We can't, we can't watch that. Yeah, you know um, totally. So it's funny that we have these things that like the audience is definitely seeing um, that hadn't been seen before yet. He's still using a fuck ton of shadows. Yeah, totally. <laughs> you know I mean? It's like that dichotomy is interesting. That he's like, you know what? We're gonna have them like come from the shadows, but then we're gonna force them to see things that we haven't seen before. Like I don't know. It's kind of a cool idea. I mean, well, cannibalism yeah. is the is one of the big things I know, I saw when people talk about it because at the time it was very taboo. Yeah, like this film touched on like multiple things that were just very taboo <laughs> in general. Um, which is why it's so groundbreaking too, you know, because it's it it he specifically set out to do that too to just to just break new ground. Yeah, and he Man. he succeeded, you know, entirely. Um, it, which is weird though to me, because like my mom and my dad. I mean, my dad was born in '63. My mom was born in '64. Like they were, you know. Uh, they were alive when this movie was was out, and yeah. so it's not like it's a super old movie, and it was like taboo. Like yeah. it's just kind of funny now. It's crazy because right? now you have like second right. you have second graders making cannibal films, you know, in their backyards. You know, yeah, I mean? zombie <laughs> films. Like there was one for Bleedingham like a couple of years ago that was like made by kids, and it was like a game of like zombie tag or something. <laughs> you know, where the kids were all zombies. Yeah. So you know, it's zombies are just ma- mainstream culture now. Yeah, it's, it's just anywhere, and like cannibalism is totally like a, not a common horror thing, but it happens in a decent amount of movies. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, like, definitely. Raw was about mm-hmm. that. You know, I want to see Raw. I still haven't seen it, dude. Oh. Get on that. You gotta get on that. Shit, man. Um, Missing out. <laughs> also, uh, the film is called like. We are what we are. I think is what oh, it's I've called. I've heard only good things about. Yeah, that. yeah. I think that's about a, a family that eats human flesh. Oh, sweet, um, sweet. I've, yeah, I've heard good things about. Is that, too. Is that a new movie? Uh, last couple of years. Couple yeah, of years? I think yeah. so. Yeah, yeah. No, no later than like 2013 or 14, something like that. Super yeah. low key, like indie movie that just didn't have you know marketing behind it type of thing. Um, yeah, but sure, but sure. it's like one that I remember. I think I'm pretty sure like the critics really liked. Yeah, you know, I've heard nothing um, but good things. Yeah. Which is cool for horror films, you know. Exactly. <laughs> Critics like a horror film. Right. It's crazy to me that horror still exists. Like not just horror, a lot of other genres, but like horror specifically still exists on this weird underground circuit. Yeah, like it always has. You know, the Grindhouse, the Midnight Films. It's still that way. It's like, come on, dude. Like, let's get some. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's becoming a little more mainstream, right? Like you see more horror, like commercials and trailers and, and marketing and stuff like that. But it's still like the majority of like horror and even like good horror maybe foreign horror is still very much like word of mouth right right you know and and, and you don't really see like quote uh accomplished directors trying to tackle the genre and there's few exceptions um, you know, Yorgos like Lanthimos. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Yorgos Lanthimos with uh, the Killing of a Sacred Deer, which is coming out, and then uh, Darren Aronofsky's uh, Mother. Mother. Yeah. You know, you have a few exceptions, and I love it when 
you have these directors that make great films that try and tackle the horror genre because Tarantino potentially even might right? be touching on it. See, that's right. what I'm saying. We talked about this in a past episode. Directors don't touch like big name directors don't touch it until later, usually, unless you want to get pigeonholed into the horror genre, right. like uh, James Wan or and uh, the Blumhouse people, or right? Like whatever Blum is, whatever his name is. Um, they're like. I'm horror. Yeah, that's it, yeah. man. Like, let's, and they make a right. bunch of money. Yeah. Blumhouse Productions makes a bunch of money, so you know, horror makes money. Yeah, you know, it's it's a it's a yeah. good place to be. But if you you know, people tend to get pigeonholed yeah. into it. But the big name directors, they all kind of want to do it, but they wait until they got all these films under their belt and they can be like, I, you know what I can do, man. Yeah, Just yeah. give me the money and let me do it. You know that type of thing. There's a right. there's like David Fincher who. You know, seven is kind of like a, has horror, horror elements thriller, in yeah. it. You know, he then he did Growth Dragon Tattoo has a little bit of like thriller has thriller. You might is, even say Alien, Alien, is, could it yeah, yeah. sci-fi horror yep. genre, and even Gone Girl has an element. It's of, like yeah. it's like it's like male horror. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, male. Horror. Uh, you know what I mean? Um, nice. And but then you then you have like <laughs> yes. David Cronenberg, who kind of started his whole career off of body horror. Yeah, you know, and then he's kind of drifted off, and he's done stuff like History of Violence and Eastern Promises. But that, you know, but he's but never he always, touched. He's not touched the mainstream like other. No. People Exactly right, right. You know? but it's kind of cool when you have these directors that that even though they have started in that, you know, they still they they, they don't either give up on it or they they bring something new to the mm-hmm. the genre. I mean, like Kubrick with The Shining might be one of the penultimate examples of a director that you know waited, did a film that was just like you know. <laughs> near perfect movie yeah uh, you know what i mean and it's a horror film like i don't know mm-hmm. it's sick <laughs> oh totally totally like uh, you can look at like lynch is kind of a weird example but you know people consider Racerhead like a terrifying film yeah Hor- you know yeah, a lot of people yeah. put it in horror yeah for sure as one oh, of its yeah. genres and i think mulholland drive was kind of scary at some yeah, points yep. too man yeah like, I think I would call Mahan Drive a horror film yeah. for sure. And even like, even Lost Highway, it's definitely a thriller suspense. Is, it has yeah. horror elements. Um, Blue Velvet. Blue Velvet even, has horror elements. You know? And Inland Empire too. To yeah. like, I haven't seen you know all like much of yeah. it. I've seen parts of it, but like you know, it's it's definitely got its weird. And it's that comes from its experimental side too. Yeah, yeah. Why it's still kind of scary, yeah. but yeah it's 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 very much like you have you have the divide where it's right. like i'm in horror or i'm doing horror later in my career yeah and you know right. typically when they do horror later in their career typically those movies are like awesome too, yeah you know like yeah unless you're i mean a lot of people didn't like neon demon which i guess i understand but it's like you know if he would have done that earlier that would have been a completely different yeah. movie and it right. might have sucked even worse than people right. think it does yeah. you know what I mean that type of thing <laughs> it, um, do, another... do you guys think uh, directors look look down or filmmakers look down on horror like some some filmmakers like they're like totally. no that's not really you know yeah kind totally. of it, it, it has that cheap feel to it you know yep. some, sometimes we can which like again that's something that I don't understand because it's one of those things like I can like uh, director saying you know, a filmmaker saying like, "Oh, horror—it's such a cheap uh, genre." You know, it's it's exploitative, whatever. But isn't it? Wouldn't it be like a sign of a super talented director to actually scare someone? 
<laughs> you know I what think I mean? so. Like, like to the effect of like you know what maybe Friedkin did with The Exorcist at the time, yeah, and what I Spielberg so. did with Jaws, and and because you, you know, know what, what bad horror is, you know when yeah. you're watching a movie and you're like, this is stupid. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. a lot of bad horror out there, but like to make a good horror, like ones that like a, that, you know, really break the boundaries, like you know, The Thing, Exorcist, um, Shining, Night of the Living Dead, Night The Shining, Dead. Uh, um, you know, just those like those ones Halloween. that are just yeah. Halloween, yeah, like the ones that you know yeah, are right. just like, yeah, there's something you know, right? Like, and and people, like you said, we you know, people like to be scared too, like so it's. I don't know. It's funny, too, because this movie, you know, 67 film came out, you know, 68. And this was kind of before the exploitation movies came out mm-hmm. of the 70s. So this movie kind of, it kind of was the one that it's, it was like the seed, right? It was planted. And then from there, you had people that took the zombie genre, right, and made it into the exploitation kind of films. And then you had the people that were like, wow. He touched on something that was really cool, the, you know, the cool horror aspect of it, and then they went and did like true, like more like high horror, if that makes sense, and not the, yeah, not like so much exploitation kind yeah. of like for gore sake like and Halloween. stuff. Yeah, you know, it more mm-hmm. more into a different route. So it's kind of funny that you know this movie. I th- I think this movie is one of the ones that kind of made that split not happen, but it it like. It opened it, it, it up. It made people think, like, oh, yeah. well, I could take that and I could take it this way. Or I could take it and I could take it this way, which is kind of cool, right. you know? I mean, what was what was horror like before this? Right. It was you like, know, it, horror existed, right? I mean, it existed back as early as, like, freaks in the 30, yeah. 20s and 30s, right. you know? And, it was like the Vincent Dracula. Price kind of yeah, horror. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Exactly. It was kind of like, yeah, Boris Carlyle and uh, the dude who plays uh, Dracula. Uh, Bella, Bella Lugosi. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, there was that horror, right? But it was like it was like very high monster horror. Yeah, like, you it, know, it, Wolfman, Dracula, right. Frankenstein. Freaks is kind of kind a, of classic. a different. Yeah, Freaks was yeah diff- a little it was different, a little different. Sure. But then, like you know, like you said the you had Vincent Price, William Castle, uh, Herschel Gordon Lewis. Like they kind of <sighs> came around fifties and sixties, and horror was. It was they were they were exploiting the hell out of the like shy the sideshow like campiness of horror right where using the te- the the theater gimmicks and stuff <laughs> yeah. like that right and this movie like put you back in a movie being horror you know like the tingler has got this gimmicky right like there's there's something it's it's horror but it's still like a comedic horror like blood feast like blood feast for sure like you know what i mean it's it's like and like you know like you have like ed wood did those kind of films with like the alien kind of horror too you had like the invasion of the body snatchers and the you know you had these movies that that touched on it but yet they're still kind of campy they don't have you know but then when you know like but this movie man you're stuck in the basement you this know, movie was it, serious it, it, all around. It brings that seriousness. It brings, yeah. which I think was was new to the genre at that time. You know, yeah, uh, it, yeah. It had heavy, like, char- like really strong characters that led the story. Right. Yeah, totally. You know, which is something that was kind of missing before. Right. Totally. You know, like so, it kind of brought the humanity to it almost. Yeah, like Vincent Price. You know, one of the most well known like horror actors, uh, uh, and his movies are so like 
they they're scary you know for especially for the time they're scary and they're scary in a sense like, like you know it's a horror but his persona and his personality were so like almost tongue-in-cheek that you can't <laughs> yeah. like get into the horror you know yeah like there were his 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 the way he looked and the way he carried himself because he still had that like 40s and 50s dapper man yeah, look, yeah. right? as opposed like this is like you know there you have that kind of that that worker character guy who's kind of in the button up and the and and ben was in the button up too but but they're not dapper you know yeah. they look like they've been struggling it's it's like know? it's like a child walking in a parking lot walking up to vincent price and vincent price is like hi children yeah be exactly. afraid be very afraid versus a kid walking in that same parking lot a regular guy comes up and he's like don't go around that bush man mm-hmm. like there's yeah. living dead coming at you totally. and then the kid's like ah oh. exactly <laughs> you know what I mean? like completely different type of like reactions you're gonna get from children and don't go around that bush like totally, you know, yeah. you're like, <laughs> like telling you to be afraid and just and and the difference between that and letting yourself exactly be yeah. and that's because and that, right, right. that's what vincent price's horror for me is it's it's he's kind of that type of movie it's kind of he's telling you to be afraid yeah exactly um don't go in the house it's like an amusement you know. ride yeah exactly exactly like you know when right, you go on haunted yeah. mansion at disneyland it's, they're telling yeah. you to be afraid and you're you know it's fun yeah 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 that type of thing yeah. um right so I, I mean, yeah. Well, then you look at like Halloween too. Like that came out what two, three years after this one, and like you know he freaking he watched this movie and was like, "Dude, my mind has just been." It's like taking like acid yeah. Like my mind yeah. just expanded, yeah. dude. Like I Same don't know. Same with Texas like, Chainsaw. Yeah, you know? yeah exactly. Like, Halloween, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. You know, you know both Toby Hooper and John Carpenter were both. They had to have seen this movie. They had to have. Seen and you this know, movie. like. You know that if this movie didn't come about, like those movies either wouldn't exist or they'd be completely different. Right, right. Because you can yeah, feel the influence right. from this on Halloween yeah. for sure, for right. sure. Well, yeah, because it kind of it's like a slasher, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah, and and Halloween is a slasher, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, it's a, it's a lighter slasher, you know. I've seen heavier ones, but uh, you know, it, it seems like they kind of took that genre and really rolled with it. Totally uh, here in Halloween, and you know, others. And I'm stoked because we're planning that, and I don't remember how many episodes now but halloween and blood yeah. feast are the two for the slasher <laughs> i'm stoked for that yeah i'm pumped that genre i love those pumped. movies blood feast is just so ridiculous <laughs> um, um so this film is interesting because it actually exists in the public domain and can be used by anyone for any reason and the reason love it is because which is why you see it a lot on like uh ch- you know when there's a halloween episode in a tv show and they'll play night of the living dead on the tv <laughs> of course. Uh, because it's free yeah uh and the reason why is because the original title for the film which was night of the flesh eaters uh was changed to night of the living dead and in the process the original copyright notice was accidentally like deleted or disappear or something <laughs> um so it kind of just is it, what we talked about another film uh awesome. i think it was like was it Kabiria or something where the film was in the public domain because it the copyright Re- Reefer and Reefer Madness. Madness. Oh, Reefer Madness. Yeah, That's yeah. what it was. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where yeah, they just idiots being idiots basically and, <laughs> and mis- messing it up, which is cool because I think this movie it'd be different if you couldn't access it. Like, you, like it's important. I think. I also read right. this thing though where before like a certain date in 1968. Films that didn't say they were copyrighted meant that they had to be in the public domain. That's awesome. Um, and and then they, and then it was changed, but it was changed after 
after this movie, but not because of this movie, but it was changed after this movie. Right. So, like, it got stuck. Because right. <laughs> it is... didn't say it was copyrighted, so it's not it's not copyrighted. <laughs> and see, now you have teams of people who make sure copyright right. is, like, right. dead on. And yep. all the, you know, T's across the I's dotted. That's Huge money, thing. though, too. You yeah, know? exactly. Like, right. Like 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 any movie like Halloween, it's a big franchise now. Like, it's it brings money, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and right. everybody, even if it's a, a short film, will want those those rights because, you know, J.J. Abrams can see your short film at you know, Telluride or Toronto Film Festival and be like, I'm going to make a whole script off of that, so I'm going to buy the copyright. <laughs> you know, yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> yeah, you want to. It's important. It's 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 a. Strange thing for artists, copyright, because, like, you want to have your stuff accessible, but you also need that yeah. ability to, like, make money off of it so you can support yourself, too, yep. right? Like, yep. you know, it's, you, I don't know. You just need it. Yeah. It's just the way it is. Uh, so. Right, do you guys think this movie was, had, like, picked up its cult following because, maybe because people could use it for free in other movies? I mean, not to say that this movie doesn't deserve a cult following or that it's because it is a really good movie. Um, I actually loved it, but uh, you know, the fact that it can be used in so many other horror films or movies in general, uh, do we think that like plays a role in the fact that uh, it's people still kind of talk about it and reference it today? I, I would be under the opinion of maybe no, just because for years and years and years, nobody really had access to it as public domain because like you know it was out before vhs it was you know what i mean like there was no they couldn't really use it you know what i mean like if you owned a theater and you had like a projector then sure maybe if you could get a copy of it um or i i guess i mean more like seeing it in other films oh i see see. Uh, yeah like you know maybe you're watching one of your favorite movies and it's just like oh i wonder what that is and you know maybe it happened a a few times yeah quite possibly i don't see why not yeah yeah yeah. i mean because i it would be interesting to look up what movies this movie is in you know what i mean like so many it's gotta be some pretty it's also been parodied to hell yeah it's gotta be some big movies you know yeah um I think I'm looking it up. I think it's original cult development, no, but it but in terms of its continued Continu- existence and, and, and right. being referenced, yeah. Yeah. Excuse me, definitely the the ability to just watch on YouTube. You can download it without any repercussion, you know. It's just Yeah. Yeah. It just is. And some people still sell it. And that's it, kind of the culture funny. now, you know. You, you want to see a movie, download it. It's yeah. easy um these days, which is to, uh, And this movie's opinion. always yeah. talked about, you know, Night of the Living Dead is just it, 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 the title. I mean, come on. Yeah, exactly. it, what, what, I mean, talk yeah, about. It's, a classic it's, it's title, one of those yeah. titles that you know, even if you haven't seen it, you you know the title you know when you're is, six yeah. years old. Exactly. You, you know what I mean? Like Night of the Living Dead. I mean, that's like, and in the fact that, like you said, it was, you know, initially called you know Night of the Flesh Eaters, and then before that, I heard you know Romero was thinking it was going to be called Night of Anubis or something, and Anubis was the. Egyptian god of the mm-hmm. mummified yeah. living dead, and but he but he's, yeah. he felt oh nobody would know Anubis, they wouldn't get the reference, so he changed it. It went through multiple titles, <laughs> and when he actually pitched it, was untitled, so it went through right. multiple titles. And there's something about it. like while they were filming it, they just used they just called it monster flick, yeah, yeah. <laughs> something <laughs> um, on all the clapper cards or whatever. So I want to see if Jacob comes up with anything before we jump into the next one. 
Uh, I haven't found anything, so go right. ahead and I'll interrupt So you. the second uh, film is 28 Days horrible. Later. Basic plot summary. Four weeks after a mysterious, incurable virus spreads through the UK, a handful of survivors try to find sanctuary. Um, so the film was made in 2002. It stars Cillian Murphy, Naomi Harris, Brendan Gleeson, and Megan Burns. Dude, Brendan Gleeson also. I just gotta say, love that guy. He's a great actor. <laughs> really? That's awesome. Yeah, I, you don't, dude, Brendan Gleeson. No, I mean, I, I love Brendan Gleeson, but yeah. I, I didn't know he was your favorite actor. That's no, not cool. my favorite oh, actor. Okay. I think he's oh, yeah. a great actor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, he's super yeah. good. Yeah, like in he's Bruges, good, dude. He's good in everything. Like, oh, in Bruges. Oh, yeah. man, yeah. Yeah, he's awesome. Uh, Harry Potter. Duh. <laughs> yeah, Moody. Yeah, my girlfriend said that, too. He's like, wait, he looks familiar. Is he, like, he looks like Mad-Eye. I'm like, looking up. Oh, yep, there he is. Because <laughs> he is Mad-Eye. He is. He's yeah. so, oh, man, he's so many good movies. And his and son, Dom Hell. Dom and all. No, it's like it's not Domino. even Domino. It's like it's got a supposed to have a weird pronunciation to it. I'm pretty sure because he's the dude in uh, Ex Machina. Yeah, but he's also the guy. He's in the Revenant, right? He's the he's in the Revenant. Yeah, yeah he's, he's, the he's also in he's Harry in the Potter. New Star too, Wars. Right? Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, he had a brief thing in Harry like, Potter, but he's in Star Wars yeah, he, too. He was, the new he's one. one of the Weasleys. You know? So I thought, yeah, it's it's his yeah. the. the it's not like Domino. It's something, some uh, pronunciation yeah. that's that's different than what you think. I'm pretty sure, pretty sure. Um, but yeah, he's pretty Boston, the Revenant too. Yeah, yeah, because um, yeah, he's the he's like the the I didn't know that own, was son. not the owner, but he's like the he's captain the captain of yeah. the party at yeah. the fort or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know that was his son. That's obvious. Gleason. Yeah, and yeah. and he's in uh, the new Star Wars franchise. Yeah, okay. he's kind of the. Okay, so some technical difficulties. Um, the recorder stopped, and we lost approximately 20 minutes of what we just talked about. So we're going to just recap and kind of go back, because uh, I think we know, I think we figured out uh, what didn't get recorded. So yeah. <laughs> we're going to talk about 28 Days Later, uh, which, you know, just real quick, four weeks after a mysterious, incurable virus spreads throughout the UK, a handful of survivors try to find sanctuary. A uh, film was made in 2002, stars Cillian Murphy, Naomi Harris, Brendan Gleeson, and Megan Burns. Uh, where we left, where we kind of left off right before the recording stopped, was we were talking about Domino Gleeson, uh, how he's Brendan Gleeson's son, the films he's in, um, whatnot, et cetera, et cetera, uh, which is like Harry Potter, Revenant, uh, Ex Mahina, uh, which is also leads Star us Wars. to this Star Wars. Right, right. Uh, so uh, this film was written by Alex Garland, directed by Danny Boyle. Uh, Alex Garland also did Ex Mahina. He wrote and directed that in his feature film debut as a director. Um, so this film is notable for its use of DV cameras instead of higher-end film cameras. This gives it a blurry, gritty, homemade look with a lot of completely black shadows, uh, which, um, you know, horror kind of lives in the shadow, like we said, with uh, Night of the Living Dead. So it's, it made for this uh, much more horrific sort of feeling. Uh, quick side note, it's also one of the few films that have used Godspeed You Black Emperor's music. Um, in this case, it was the Sad Mafioso, which is part of the East Hastings song movement. And this is notable because they basically just don't, like, let anyone uh, have the rights to use their stuff in, like, anything. Um, so the fact that they got to use it was pretty special. And this is the song that plays during Cillian Murphy's walk through the Barren City. Uh, which, you know, the other notable aspect is the fact that London is completely empty in some of these scenes and sequences. Um, the filmmakers achieved this by shooting very early in the morning, usually on Sundays, you know, across multiple weekends, uh, and usually for a maximum of about 45 minutes at a time. 
Um, really the most impressive sequence that I think of, that I think is the most impressive sequence anyway, is where the bus is tipped over. And uh, it's impressive because uh, this essentially was done by them shutting down the road, placing the actual bus there, shooting the scene, and then removing the bus all within 20 minutes. In London. In London. It's in the, insane. Yeah, in downtown London, <laughs> uh, which uh, while we weren't recording, we mentioned that, uh, you know, London is a crazy big international hub, crazy big city with re- really busy streets. So having these empty scenes where there's nothing is I mean, in, in startling. Effect, I was thinking, too, you know, it's 2002. You know, this is right after September 11th. Uh, I want to say, I think maybe some of the London sub... Uh, subway attacks had happened, I think, maybe in around this time. And the fact that y- they were able to do this um, and make it kind of this this dystopia, you know, this uh, feeling and everything is it's just impressive that you know because it, it would be it'd be a big thing to shut down any sort of road in London. I feel <laughs> totally, yeah. When so, the emotions are high and the feelings yeah. are, are different than you know, it's like trying to shoot right after Brexit or something. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, <laughs> 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 oh, I love it. Uh, so the film is attributed with revitalizing the zombie genre by having the zombies run instead of walk. Is kind of, that's kind of the main thing that that's that's credited with that. Uh, but before this, really, like between like the eighties and and that time, like the nineties, kind of was like a hole there. Um, you know, zombie genre was kind of played out, and this one brought it back in the forefront. And now we're like saturated with it again. Yeah, and it's kind of dying off a little bit. But you know, you still have stuff like The Walking Dead and Fear of the Walking Dead. Yeah, exactly. So, zombies are still definitely around. Um, could I talk about Anthony Dunman real quick? Yes, please. No. So, yeah. So one of the things that we talked about during this non-recording <laughs> was. This guy. So, yeah, so the director of photography for this film uh, is uh, Anthony Dodd-Mantle, and uh, I just wanted to give him a shout-out because we'll be talking about him um, a lot, I think, in future episodes um, in regards to, like, digital cinematography and how influential um, Anthony Dodd-Mantle is. I mean, he's worked uh, with very prolific um, film directors, like Danny Boyle, um, he's Lars worked with Lars von yeah. Trier, you know, uh, films of Antichrist, Dogville, uh, Breaking the Waves. He's worked with Ron Howard, um, you know, for, with Rush. He's worked, um, obviously, with Danny Boyle for, you know... Um, he did two uh, films with Ron Howard. I don't remember what the other one was. Yeah, the other one was the, 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 the whale movie, yeah, Heart of the yeah, Sea, yeah, which was fantastic. It had some really cool colors I had actually never seen in, like, movies before. Yeah, um, right? Cool, cool. It looked like one of those, like, old uh, paintings. Yeah, it was like cool golds and teals and yeah. stuff that were very unique. Like turquoises, it's hard to kind of describe. You very just have unique. To, you have to look at it. Yeah. Yeah, you know he's he's worked with. Um, he did uh, the Danish film uh, Festin or the Celebration, as most people know it um, here, and uh, he's just known for really coming up with uh, utilizing. Um, small digital cameras, big digital cameras of all sorts, and utilizing them um, it, for just interesting um angles you know putting them on um you know uh uh sticks you know, and sticks stuff like and, the celebration and, yeah yeah you yeah. know d- um putting them high high corners of ceilings um uh, putting them on cars and and because of all this uh you know he was uh not um <laughs> received well um in his field um kind of like roger deakins uh for his uh digital color grading and color correction he had you know some of his peers actually give him um, a lot of shit for what he was doing um but 
ironically enough, uh, the world um, changed when it came to the red cinema camera, and now digital film, you know, has completely taken over. Um, and Anthony Dodd Mantle is, I think, one of the biggest reasons for that because he really made other directors and other cinematographers look at his films and go, "Fuck, how did he do that?" Yeah. <laughs> and Which then I is want, true I for want. Her. I want something like that. You yeah, know? Totally. totally. So yeah, that was my little Anthony Dodd Mantle yeah. spiel because we'll be saying that name quite a bit, even in, with Harmony Corinne and all those guys. <laughs> yeah, it's super frustrating that like God, we're having a lot of technical issues this episode, but it's like really frustrating that we that it stopped recording because we did have some good stuff where yeah. we talked about you know, how the movies Alex Garland has directed. Definitely look him up. Um, you know, Anthony Dodd Mantle shot Dread, which was also what. Uh, what uh garland wrote so um hello hello yeah Yeah. sorry we just had to jacob just i don't know facetime died or something facetime exploded uh, but i'm still recording so if you're still recording we're still good to go always recording i am i don't know about you we were yes (laughs) we are recording i'm looking down like every every second now yeah you're like oh Um, yeah uh what i was i was trying to say something there but uh danny boyle i don't know if you guys touched on this while i was uh, trying to reconnect FaceTime, but uh, he saw Festin, and that was the movie where he was like, hey, I want that look for 28 Days Later. And that that's yeah. how they got Anthony Dodd uh, Mantle on the project. Which it's makes sense. Yeah, it's yeah. so cool. Yeah, And now his stuff is like, you know, he shoots on digital, but it's like high, it's yeah. it's very high quality digital. I mean, when you, you know? see, like, you know, Lars von Trier's Antichrist, you know, the slow motion that he utilized and which actually, that might actually be filmed. I could be wrong though. Um, but that part, that yeah. part of it. But um, I think Von Trier is a huge uh, proponent of digital. Though yeah, I don't know yeah. if he did film. I don't know if he does film at all. Yeah, I, I yeah, you know, it's interesting. I, I just don't know. I, I want to say they might have used the Phantom. They used for... the Phantom for Dread, I think. Okay, that's how they got the super slow motion. Yeah, I want to cool. say they might have used the Phantom for the walnut scenes hitting Willem Dafoe for Antichrist, but I could be wrong about that. But uh, everything else in that movie, for sure, is you know the Phantom definitely... is a special camera where like you can shoot at insane uh, frame rates, like one hundred and twenty six thousand frames so a second, cool. like so insane cool. slow motion. Um, you know, a lot of films, a lot of TV shows will use it when they're showing like a. You know, they show an expl- something exploding, yeah. uh, you know, like Mythbusters style or something yeah, like that, yeah. you know, or, or, or they're showing testing guns and watching stuff explode and bullets hit, yeah. stuff like that, you know, when they want to get Crash the real test slow, dummies. Yeah. <laughs> when they right. want to get the real slow motion, you bring in stuff like the Phantom cameras and... Uh, and actually, that's what they used to shoot the beginning of Antichrist. Okay. The slow motion yeah. black and white scene. And with the penetration. Was, was, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, God. Don't mind the kid falling out the window, right? Wait, just has, the... has, has Jacob seen no, Antichrist? No, I haven't seen it. Oh, my God. <laughs> Dude. I can only imagine what... That's uh, one of my top ten what movies, movie man. called oh Antichrist needs a penetration. It has nothing to do with the Christ or Antichrist either. I don't know what the title has to do with the movie. I but... can't wait for Jacob to see this movie. <laughs> Maybe you should put that. Maybe I'll put it in mine. My choice of movie. <laughs> but, we have, but we have to use that for his Artur film. We have to though. I, right? I guess. Yeah. <laughs> you guys I don't are training, know. Training my it's hard. Mind, All my of his movies are Artur movies. Because so. Antichrist, like ah, Antichrist, is a weird. It's, it's probably his most hated movie. His least liked movie. His most critically unaccepted movie. But it's probably my favorite movie I've seen by him. Honestly. Antichrist <laughs> and 
Antichrist and like the Neon Demon and Only God Forgives, those are my top three films. Like Antichrist is like Ugh. It's brutal. Wait, like it's on I've seen it on lists of like movies that are like Nicholas Winding Refn? You like that? <laughs> it's actually Nicholas Winding Rain. <laughs> um, Antichrist, I've seen it on lists as considered one of the most brutal movies. Like if you search up lists like, you know, top twenty most brutal movies ever made, Antichrist tends to appear on there, you know, occasionally because of some select scenes that ha- occur. Oh, I cannot wait to talk um, about this. Okay, but the beginning on, sequence so this penetration scene, is it like sexual penetration? Yeah, it's legit. I think it, yeah it, they got sex uh, doubles come in porno, yeah. porno, pornographic actors Porno-y, it's the same yeah. thing they did for Nymphomaniac except for with Nymphomaniac they actually composited the so like you'll see on, like yeah yeah you'll see like Shia LaBeouf having sex but it'll be like uh, porn star's penis composited onto Dude. it. You know what I mean? Onto like, his body. dick. Yeah. yeah, but you'll yeah. see his face and the penis or whatever. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Whereas Antichrist is like you just see like the crotch. Yeah. And then you see the it's, full it's penetration. It's a close up of like the ball sack hitting. You know, <laughs> like and the, oh, the penis the sliding penis, in like, and out. Going like, inside, it's like yeah. it's a weird scene because it's the whole. It's, it's it's a beautiful setup to the whole movie because yeah. they're having sex. Like really, like you know, passionate like sex or whatever, and then the kid, their kid gets out of the crib and falls out a window. So like the whole movie is about this yeah. the the psychosis and the the down the downward spiral, especially the wife has, and it, how it's connected to like how their sex is now connected to like this really awful event. Yeah. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? It's, oh, that's it's so good, dude. It's, it's so super. Good. The scene is. Gorgeous! It's black and white, like high contrast black and white, and it's shot gorgeously. Over the, it's got um, a uh, a really classical soundtrack. What's the? um, There's a song that's like really famous. If you heard uh, the song, you would know it. Yeah. Um, yeah. You like uh, you like that black and white pussy, don't you? I bet you if if you could just see (laughs) pussy in black and white for (laughs) I could just see you in black and white (laughs) just for the pussy. Uh, <laughs> the scene is crazy, dude. And then you actually see the kid like fall and hit the ground too, which is like you know. Yeah, they did such a good job. Very, very uh, taboo. Hard, hard to watch. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, cool. it's, is it? Is it kind of? I like showed the, that scene in a, scene in a in um. Oh my gosh! You see the uh, in the void where like <laughs> oh, it comes it on the yeah. camera. You like go inside, <laughs> yeah. and it just like well, you don't go inside, right. but you do. Yeah. Like, but no, in Enter the Void you do, but in Antichrist you don't. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Void. that's trippy when you actually, yeah, you're, like, inside the... That's an amazing the, movie, like, too. fallopian tube and everything. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah, and then you see the sperm, like, come out of the, you know, come out of the dick yeah. and stuff, and such a cool movie. Such a weird... Yeah. That's a... Uh, Gaspar Noe is, like, a single take amazing movie. director. Yeah, very, yeah. very, like... Uh, but Antichrist has a sequence... Yeah, art... He's art Antichrist thing. has a sequence that is extremely brutal, and you see the whole thing happen. Um, and I don't want to say too much about it because, like, that's actually one where you don't. Well, if you I spoil it, it might actually turn people off from watching. Yeah, it, I don't want to tell Jacob because yeah, he has to see the movie, man. Okay, I'm, I'm really no, 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 don't, don't, don't look it up. No, don't look it up. Don't, don't, it. It's gonna ruin the movie for you, man. Oh You're my a god. Spoiler guy. Okay, no, yeah, I can't watch this movie. I can't watch it. See, he's not looking. No, sign images. I can't. No, these you have I, to I see didn't look it up. I'm just with you. <laughs> okay. It's really incredible. Yeah, movie, it's because it's, 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 if you don't, oh god, because if you if you fall, if you actually watch the movie though and follow like the characters and stuff, when that scene 
happens, it, it, it hits you harder, especially if you don't know it. So I'm like, not, uh, yeah, I'm not don't, don't, don't I'm ruin not it for yourself. I don't care for doing it on the podcast. I'm not, I'm, my virgin, uh, eyes and ears will, will not, uh, my I, virgin I, I never want to grow ears. up. I never want to grow up. <laughs> Uh, okay, whatever, Mr. Mermaid. I'm going Mr. back to Marvel Neverland, Mermaid. so you guys have fun. Okay. Merman. <laughs> Merman. Neverland? Isn't that Michael Jackson? Merman. Uh... Uh, no, it's where Peter Pan is. <laughs> but Michael Isn't Jackson, that what Michael uh, Jackson called his amusement park for kids? Well, he did. Is that where you go back to with your never, virgin never, eyes? Never, quote never unquote. <laughs> yeah, he makes me feel uh, safe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. oh man no but anyway uh it's definitely von trier's on our list because he's a weird guy he's also really controversial but he's also made some other films that like that were shot like dogville and manderley are weird because they were shot on sound stages yeah and yeah. they were like really sparse sets so like he's done some weird stuff for film but um, like dodd mandel i mean the cinematography and like all of von trier's films are a little different per film you know even manderley and dogville are different i mean similar but yet they're there's but he's got that look because he's got the same cinematographer, yeah, right? But yeah. like Breaking the Waves, or not Breaking the Waves, uh, Dancer in the Dark is one I'm really curious about too because it's yeah, like, yeah. see, he made these films like like Antichrist is a part of his what he called what's called the Depression trilogy. So like he was going through this essentially like a blue period where he was like you know has this certain like depression and made these films as a uh, means to like cope with it. I think Nymphomaniac was that last one in that, right? So it was like yeah. it was Melancholia, which Melancholia is a, a lot of people think that's a phenomenal movie yeah it and then is. it was antichrist and then nymphomaniac i think was the last in that yeah. series well antichrist so. was the first one then melancholia and then oh Romania. was it okay yeah. okay yeah. but yeah melancholia is a great movie too and that's that's probably his most accessible movie yeah i think it far. is yeah um but yeah he's totally cool totally interesting guy uh, but controversial <laughs> refin actually apologized for, for him because of some statements that he made which i think yeah. is hilarious yeah um but what but we'll get into that both danish sure. Yeah, both Danish, exactly. That's why he apologized. He's like, I apologize on behalf of Denmark. <laughs> There's something about... We could do a whole thing about um, Danish uh, filmmaking and, and, you know, the fact that Anthony Don Mantle and, you know, as a cinematographer and um, all these, you know, Hoyt Van Hoytema uh, oh, yeah. and um, all these guys, you know, uh, directors and cinematographers from, from Denmark are just phenomenal, man. And, and the fact that Carl Theodore... Uh, Dreyer, you know the influence that he, you know, the director that made Ingmar Bergman um, uh, want to uh, make movies was uh, Danish. You know, De- Denmark has a very rich film history, and I can't wait to to get about you know talk about that stuff too. You know, I'm yeah, that's stoked. a good topic. Yeah. Um. So let's see. So I think we kind of touched generally on what we missed. Yeah. Uh, Not as in depth as we were as we I had know, done, but right, it was right. a good recap. Right, but is, we, we discovered other things. You know? We did, we did, we did, we did. which yeah. was nice. We got and we brought a little bit of and stuff, so that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so basically, we kind of just just a quick recap. What we touched on was like you know Alex Garland, his work. Um, we touched on you know Anthony Dodmantle, like you said, uh, and kind of essentially what I recapped. So you know we didn't really miss too much. Um, so uh, back to twenty eight days later and. Um, sets and whatnot. So the mansion used in the film was someone's actual home and required little set decoration, apparently. Apparently they just kind of went in and probably threw some cardboard boxes around because there's lots of rooms where there's just full of stuff, right? Because they're they're hoarding, (laughs) essentially, for the apocalypse. (laughs) 
Um, but other than that, I didn't take too much set decoration. Uh, and then shots. And so this is kind of similar to um, Night of the Living Dead as well, actually. So shots that were actually, quote, upstairs in the house were actually just filmed downstairs because the house was so large, obviously. Uh, and she did because the owner lived upstairs while the filming was happening. So they, like, used the downstairs. You know, he was like, yeah, use the downstairs, decorate, do whatever you need to do outside. I'm just going to live here. So, you know, if we can kind of <laughs> keep the separation. Um so they kind of cheated those, right? Um, you don't really ever see anyone go upstairs if you no. think about it. Yeah. Right? Uh, you see Cillian Murphy run two stairs and I think goes up, but it's still, it's, yeah, it's you know, not. it's still cheated. Um, and that's actually a really interesting sequence because the whole, like, you know, parallel to the rage virus, how he kind of goes all, like, animalistic, like yeah. you do with the rage virus. Uh, but, yeah, so it says. I want to kind of talk about that later, maybe, uh, if we have the time. So the DVD and Blu-ray actually featured three alternate endings that dramatically changed the tone of the film. Uh, I don't know if you guys... Have you guys... Did you watch those? I have watched those, yeah. Did you... Have you seen those, Jacob? No, but I know... Endings? In, you know, I know, know, I know about that, them? Yeah, yeah. I know, like, the plot, but I haven't seen them. Okay. Okay. Uh, so uh, basically all of them end with Jim, who's Cillian Murphy, dying. Which is interesting. Um, so one of them is actually cons- is considered by Garland and Boyle the kind of true ending, the original ending that they had conceived and shot. Uh, but I guess test audiences really didn't like that, so they, <laughs> they redid it. As Which one was that one? The very first, well, on the DVD, it was the very first one where it's sequenced in the hospital. Okay, yeah. Um, and Hospital they're trying dream is what it's called? No, 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 not the dream one. Oh. So, the, so there's dream one. Dream dies at the hospital. Yes, there's one where he dies at the hospital. Then there's one, an extended one, where it's a dream, right? And then on the DVD, you don't see the dream sequence one, but you see uh, the very end with, like, the jet, where they're at the cottage and the jet flies by, but it's only with the two women. I like that one. Which, if you look if you look at, they literally use those shots in the end, just yeah. inserted yeah. shots of Cillian Murphy, right? Right. Um, yeah. But that was an interesting one, where it's just the two of them. And I, uh, where it was supposed to end and originally was the two women walking away oh, okay that the sequence with the jet wasn't actually even supposed to be part of it oh i like the jet man uh which the jet adds a happier tone where so i guess the issue was that uh so the way garland boyle envisioned it was that when the two women walk away they're walking towards their like their safety they're, they're they know where they're going they have a direction they're, 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 there's like some sort of closure for them Whereas audiences saw it as them walking to certain death, and they didn't necessarily like that the women were just going to walk away no, and just die. Cool. It's cool. Yeah. And, and uh, <laughs> you say cool or cruel? Cool. Oh, cool. Yeah, I, like I think it. it was cool. I, I like definitely it. like it. It's, it's, I like the cruelty. The tone is weird, but I like the fact that he dies. I thought that yeah. was an interesting take yeah. on it. Um, yeah, it was cool. And there's a longer sequence in the car with that one, too, where they're, where he's saying, just just give it up. You know, it's not worth it. He's like, I saw the plane, you know, yeah. the, that whole thing. Um, and then there's another ending or not. It's like more of a, a entirely different kind of like third second to third act where they only actually storyboarded it. And then Garland and Boyle read the story, the, the script, and they show the storyboards over it. And uh, so that is where uh, conception of the story where they don't ever encounter the soldiers. And so it starts where Frank gets 
infected. Oh. Frank is Brendan Gleeson. He gets infected by the droplet in the eye. Yeah. Which, which oh, that one shot. of the most amazing <sighs> so sequences cool. in cinema, yeah. Yeah. honestly. Yeah. Um, incredible how simple but how brutal that scene is. Yeah. Um, but so it starts there. And they manage to, instead of killing him, they manage to uh, tie him up. And instead of the checkpoint, instead of it being for the soldiers, it's actually for a medical facility, which ends up being the medical facility at the beginning of the movie where they're doing the testing on the monkeys. Oh, wow. Um, And they meet this individual there who tells them what the cure is. And the cure is... In a hundred percent entire blood transfusion, where you replace one person's blood with another, and it ends with um, Jim again. He's the match for Frank, so he goes through with the transfusion, but in the process gets infected. <laughs> uh, so he's he's the ending is actually him on the same table as the monkey was, and he's enraged on the table. Ah, oh, that's cool. Uh, and oh, it's supposed yeah. to be like for, they're saying like yeah, he's on the table, and for some reason the TVs flicker on again, so it ends in the exact same way as it started. That's kind of cool. I like Which, that. In a sense, brought him brought the movie full like so to Alex and to. Garland and Boyle, the him dying in the hospital was his full circle, right? But the other one was like the movie's full circle, right? Um, but then it's funny because it, it partway through this, you know, Boyle he's reading all the the lines for all the characters. But partway through it, they pause it and he's like, "Okay, so this is the whole reason why we didn't decide to pursue this ending because he literally like quote like." verbatim he's like because how in the flying fuck is this gonna work like how does this how in the flying fuck does this make sense how do you what are you gonna do completely remove someone's blood run bleach through their veins and then replace yeah, it like right, it just right, right. like he's like the rules we said was like one single droplet of blood can infect you so yeah. what you know like yeah like how does this make sense so that's why they scrapped it um, kind of, the concept is kind of cool, though. The concept like, is cool, but it, yeah, it definitely was cool. it definitely was bad. It was definitely like this whole like slow sequence of them trying to get into because like this guy they meet is like locked in a room uh, and he doesn't want to deal with them and like yeah. you know it's just this really slow dumb right. sequence. Because like for me, I mean, my I think my favorite part of the whole movie is the fact that kind of by the end of the movie, the ones that you fear the the most are the soldiers, yep, the zombies. Exactly. I, yeah. I, I, lo- I love that that kind of what, twist, you could even say. I, yeah. I, I love that. It's totally a twist. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you kind of get a, a feeling. Yeah. It's like a bunch of rowdy dudes. Yeah. And, and, and just that, you know, there's nothing worse than, than humans themselves. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it, which is, I, 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 I love that. That's, and it made yeah, for a way too. better sequence, though. Like, that whole, uh, that climax sequence with him where he goes straight animal and just starts killing everyone but also uses the zombies to kill them too is like is a really amazing sequence Um, and you kind of like you you almost like lose sight of them you know and uh you have that moment where silly murphy's like coming up on uh selena yeah and and she thinks that he's a zombie you know because he's being so fucking crazy and i just thought that was kind of neat that I sequence mean, is brutal, dude, where he shoves his thumbs in the guy's and, eye. And, and Naomi Harris, she did such a good job in this movie. You can even see, like, a little bit of hurt, almost, in yeah. her eyes when he shows up like that. Exactly. And, and, and it's like, damn. Like, like you got another, turned? Yeah, like that's another over. thing, like, about this movie that not only does it visually look great, the way it's directed is great, but the characters, they actually have, like, they're not, it's not like the typical zombie film where the character, like, you kind of actually... They're not two-dimensional. Yeah, you actually, like, they have... 
things going on in their lives and, and you want and like i don't know like you actually kind of follow them this right? is also which is, which is cool we didn't at least i didn't plan this when we were conceiving this episode but this is also two zombie movies where some of the the two main characters are strong black individuals right 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 like and yeah. in, in the sense of 28 days later too like you know there's a stereotype kind of out there where if you're black or you're asian in a movie especially in horror or whatever you're gonna die yeah yeah generally first right yeah. which is and yeah. this one she you know the in night of the living dead he gets shot at the end and because uh, they think you know he's he's one of them but in this one she survives all the way through yeah yeah you know and she's actually the strong one the one who's willing to i will just kill you if yeah, you need to yeah you know? she's she's she's, she's badass, badass. <laughs> yeah, totally. so it's like it's, it's interesting you know, i didn't plan that but it's interesting how these two movies yeah, yeah actually but wow she, i didn't she I, like I didn't fakes even. badassness though like she she ends up being kind of the princess in the castle at the end anyways you know and yeah it's such a frustrating thing for me like because nowadays like everyone's like we want strong female characters and what we're getting now instead of actual strong female characters are female characters who are like i'm a badass i do what i want i rebel blah 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 and then they actually don't do much for the entire actually i'm gonna disagree with you on that because i think that was actually like part of it is that um it's like a growth of character, right? Like they have that conversation where she's like, you know, I think I was wrong. I think there is some humanity left because when she first meets her, you know, she goes to that sequence where she freaking butchers the dude after he gets bitten. Right. Like immediately without even thinking, she just chops him up. And because she thinks like humanity's gone. But then when she meets the father and the daughter, there's like a shift in character. So I don't think she's like the princess in the castle. I think it's just showing that she actually, had some growth and caring again you know what i mean yeah no i i completely i agree with you 100 percent. the princess in the castle thing for me was at the end where she needed saving so silly murphy has to go be a badass animal almost zombie guy in order to yeah. save her from from being raped um, i guess yeah well i mean i, I can just see a, that yeah it's just a it just happens in every movie dude like even lego movie yeah like, they might they could have probably written that bit better yeah, like, she could have done something, you know? At the same time, it was effective, because it was like, while I was watching it, like, I was like, you know, for the first time, I was like, she better not get raped, you know? Like, I, did, I yeah. didn't want her to oh, get yeah. raped, you know? But like, you see well, how you she know. was putting <laughs> yeah. herself... Yeah. But that whole time, she was also putting herself in, you know, like, in, the, in danger and trying to help the, you know, she was trying to help the chick. The whole time she was not being saved, she was also trying to save. So she yeah. wasn't... She never lost her, like, weakness necessarily, but it's like a bunch of dudes with guns. What are you going to do? I think, you know, even even he had his trouble initially with the dudes yeah. with guns, but once he, you know, was able to kind of split them off and let the zombies, you know, the, the guy they were keeping up, uh, chained up, once yeah. they kind of let them, you know, like... I, I get what you're saying, but also it's like a di it's different in this movie where she doesn't necessarily lose her badassness. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, I'm, like, <clears throat> I'm not faulting the movie necessarily for this because other movies are they do it a lot more. It's just way like worse. It's just a general thing that I've noticed with women in movies that are like that we're trying to have badass chicks in, in movies. It just they're not actually that badass, you know. And yeah, she kills a guy, but. Uh, and, and this movie pr probably is 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 on on the spectrum. It's a, a, in a more positive uh, way as, as far as uh, badass chicks go. But, yeah, if Kill Bill is like the end of the spectrum, <laughs> yeah. this one's closer to Kill Bill type right. of thing. Well, that's yeah. why Kill Bill is so fucking awesome, you know. But uh, you know, it's just it just seems to kind of be a thing. 
Yeah, yeah. I definitely agree. I definitely there's there's those stereotypes where women need to be saved for sure, and Disney did yeah. not help with that. You know, no. uh, yeah. the Thanks, whole Princess Disney. in the Castle, like you said. Thanks, Disney. Um, Thanks, Nintendo. Princess in the Castle. <laughs> come, on, uh, come on, Nintendo. But, <laughs> but oh yeah, Zelda and freaking Princess Peach. Um, yeah. Mario and Zelda. But seriously, that sequence is is of where he gets the the blood in his eyes. Yeah, is it's how oh, yeah. little, how Best. short that sequence is, and how much his demeanor changes, and how much you can feel the like, you know, he knows. And you know, right, it's gorgeous freaking, acting, like yeah. amazing. Good acting. That's Great why acting. he's like the. King, so he's a dude. boss, dude. Yeah, he's yeah. a boss. Dude, uh, I don't know if it's Killian or Cillian, but Murphy's like uh, again he's underrated isn't actor, a, man. Isn't a Cillian? I, thought it was Cillian. I think it's Cillian. I'm pretty sure. It's I always Cillian. thought it was Cillian, and then I heard Killian. Maybe. But. So I don't know. It's Irish. So I. It, it, he's he's he is underrated. He gets used in a lot of stuff, but I think he still is kind of underrated. He's underrated because I think yeah. there's only Peaky a few Blinders movies like this movie pretty... where he gets to really. Peaky Bl- Oh man, a Peaky Blinder is so good. It's but like... look how little we talked about him in Dunkirk too. His part was his part kind of was small. 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 Yeah, 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 yeah. But he it was it was a yeah. important part though. Yeah. Like. You know, he I played like, that shell, the shell, shell shocked soldier, yeah. <laughs> uh, which was needed for the you know part of that story, yeah. the problems in the story. But <laughs> he liked his character yeah. in uh, Inception but it wasn't, too. He wasn't <laughs> like showy, yeah. like he wasn't sh- yeah. like what was no. showy in that was like all the airplane fight. You know, there's a bunch yeah. of showy stuff, but Celine Murphy's role wasn't like it, it helped the movie and it made the movie work, but it wasn't like a like I've seen him act better in. Batman, you know, like he's be- he's better as Scarecrow, you know. Yeah. Oh yeah, Scarecrow. Yeah. He was pretty good. Yeah. 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 He's yeah underrated actor. I think. I definitely think under yeah he kind of falls into the underrated category, but he's yeah. been in a lot of stuff too, which is kind of a trip. Which is like, how are you underrated? You know? <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, Sunshine. He was great in Sunshine. Yeah. Yep. Great in Sunshine. Um, but yeah. So uh, what was I with that? Um, uh, but oh, oh, that's the other thing I want to say too. This is also one of the few films uh, because it is kind of rare for this to happen where a child gets killed. Yeah, which like, is straight cool up. Too. <laughs> and, yeah. You know, they they cut away from it, but it's still like you know the child died. Yeah, right? yeah. And the child is infected, but it also uh, in freaking Night of Living Dead it happens. The child kills the mom, <laughs> which is also was hugely taboo yeah, and yeah, controversial yeah. at yeah. the time. But then right. she gets you know yeah. daughter gets killed obviously because. She's a zombie, right? Yeah. Or whatever. I, I, does she? She gets killed, right? Uh, I think so. I thought so. Pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. Everybody dies. In I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah. Movie. Yeah. Yeah. So like that's you know 68, and then this film, but that's a yeah. big, you know two comparisons. But that's that's a trip. It's you actually know, children, really that, yeah. Children dying and stuff is very taboo. Very yeah. taboo. Yeah. So to have this movie just do it and then just kind of like do it and be like that was part it just had to happen and it you know kind of comes up a little bit later but you gotta yeah, watch I like uh, how it comes up it becomes like a little character thing you know when he's talking to the guy like oh you must have killed somebody right and then he's like well I killed a kid yeah you know? exactly and it became like this like yeah he's uh, he's traumatized by that 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 is that would be a hard thing to do and suddenly you can relate to it in a um, in, in a in a sense and yeah, I, thought, mm-hmm. I thought it was nice. They like really used it. They didn't just kill a kid. They like used right. it to help you like understand the characters in his situation. Exactly. So Keith, you have to watch that. Don't look now. I know, dude. <laughs> I know. I'm bad. I said I was gonna watch it. Has, it has, has a element of you know taboo. 
the the, the child dying, you know, it's kind of just like Antichrist, you know, kind of yeah, like, it has yeah. that. What what's that movie? It's kind of like Hunger Games, but it's like Japanese kids and their battle battle royale. Battle Royale, yeah, that movie. That's a yeah. That's, that's a pretty, movie. That's a, yeah. <laughs> no way. <laughs> pretty sure it's a movie. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. No, Battle Royale is so much better than Hunger Games. Well, yeah, because it's like they're like a bunch of kids and they're all just totally just brutally murdering each other, yeah, right? Yeah. But it's like the same concept as Hunger Games, right? Yeah, but the Hunger Games is like it's like it's like naive. Well, Hunger Games is like the YA version of Battle Royale. Like Battle Royale right. is like the brutal version, right? Yeah, yeah. right. Which is I, that's why I call it naive. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, because it's okay for you know YA young adults yeah. teens to die, right? Like that happens decently, constantly. Not decently. It happens a decent amount of time. Yeah, yeah, I guess. yeah. yeah. decently. 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 <laughs> yeah, she, yeah, I didn't know what I was saying. Decently. No, yeah. decently. That's fine. <laughs> I, mean, I said decently constantly, but it just obviously that didn't work. Yeah, so, no, no, I know. Like, I, I, a decent amount of time. I, I, like, I know that, you know. Happen. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, it, it happens more often than a kid, you know, dying for sure. Uh, just to kind of wrap up 28 Days Later, uh, it's now considered, it was an immediate success and is now considered one of the greatest zombie films ever made. Yeah. Also, it's a zombie film where the zombies don't actually eat people. They yeah, just, which is cool. They just like maul them to death, yeah. essentially. Yeah. Um, which is kind of neat. I, totally. Also, yeah. I just love the the idea in the movie where the, the philosophical soldier is like, just think about it. Just really think about it. And he goes through his whole spiel, and I'm like, dude, that actually kind of makes sense. Like, if a zombie outbreak happened in, in England, the rest of the world, especially the U.S., would be like, F you. We're stationing boats <laughs> yeah. around it, and you ain't leaving the <laughs> island, or you're getting shot, you yeah. know? Like, yeah. I, I heard this really interesting, I can't remember where I heard it, if it was like someone, if it was an idea I just grabbed from the movie, or if someone said it, but like, there was this idea that, uh, what happened in the film is that basically they took a gigantic dome and put it over the island, oh. and that's why they weren't getting any rain either. Was because oh, essentially wow. they're actually physically cut off from the rest of the world, yeah. like quarantined, Whoa. and that's why you can still see planes, but you're not getting rain. I don't know where that came from, but I thought that was. I mean, that obviously was... you're not going to take a li- literal giant yeah, dome. Yeah. But you know, like the Simpsons idea. movie, yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly, uh, yeah. So interesting stuff. Uh, but yeah, what, so I think. Uh, but then, well, hang on. If if that's a theory, then why was there rain at the very last sequence with the military guys? The, it, yeah, you do get rain eventually. So yeah, the theory is totally bunk. But oh, I thought oh, it was I an see. interesting idea. Right. Like it's it's not a legitimate theory you're oh, right it oh, does okay. eventually rain later right it's an interesting in concept yeah in interesting concept the, right the cutting yeah off of yeah because the the whole yeah. rain sequence is kind of it is interesting it's yeah. a really interesting little little side discussion they have where it's like it hasn't rained and yeah what the fuck are we gonna do and it's, and it's almost like I, I got this like noah's ark kind of feel where it was like a purge of some sort right mm-hmm. or like cleansing of of this, you know, virus slash dark, dark aspect of human nature, you know, <laughs> right, <laughs> I th- which right. was like, I thought was kind of cool. Um, and, and, and it also reminded me of um, Apocalypse Now, you know, where, you know, Martin Sheen is uh, coming up from the water. He's got his war paint on and he, it's, 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 he's wet and he's got the, the drops of water, you know, and, and he's, and he's going on his, he's, he's raged. 
it's you know, and it's, yeah. and it's just like it's it kind of reminded me of of uh, you know uh, Cillian Murphy's character here. You know, he, he yeah. he's got that rage going on. It, it, yeah. There's so many cool things like that. Um, that's that's why I like this movie so much. Yeah, he like he goes full bath salts. You know, <laughs> that's <laughs> true. Yeah, full really bath crazy. Salt. Remember when yeah. everyone was freaking out about bath salts? You know, yeah. when the, the new ass acid. Everyone's like, the zombies are happening. Yeah, yeah. You know? The that new was, acid. That was awesome. That was the best. Um, <laughs> that video, there, guys eating another guy's face. That was nothing, crazy. Essentially, had nothing to do with bath salts. Think either. about being that guy. I, which guy? The guy on Bath Well, the guy, the, the, the guy that's getting his face eaten. Yeah, Jesus. Like, that's not, you're not, like, you wouldn't even think about that, like, ever. You know, like. Please kill me. Like, that's a, that, like, that's a legitimate fear I have, is getting someone eating my face. Eat my like, face no one has after that. I die, please. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, Jesus. that's not even yeah, something you brutal. can conceive, really. Like, at that point. That's literally. If someone's eating your face, your last concern is your actual face. Your yeah. concern is about is it's like, dying. You know? Yeah, it's like like I'm gonna die now. It's like Timmy, what's your fear? I'm afraid of fire, uh, spiders. Uh, Jimmy, what is your fear? I'm afraid of snakes. Uh, June, what is your fear? I'm afraid of someone eating my face off. <laughs> like, <laughs> Dude, that's like straight Hannibal Lecter shit. That yeah. happens, I think, in uh, in Hannibal, right, where they talk, where she's interviewing the guy who actually had his face like eaten by yeah, yeah, Lecter it, or whatever. Um, Oh man, it's a, uh, Gary. It's Gary, Gary Oldman. Oldman yeah, I love. Uh, and then Michael Pitt plays him in the show with Mass Mickelson. Really? And then, and then he for some reason didn't he couldn't he couldn't continue with the, that show, so they got another guy to do it. But he looks the same because of the makeup and stuff. But he Dude, just Mads yeah. Mickelson though. Oh, man, we need to talk about that guy. That dude's baller actor. Yeah, hell yeah. yeah. Um, there's two things I want to talk about these movies though. Um, so this was my Enjoy. first time watching Night of the Living Dead. Uh, and I was Same. obviously pleasantly surprised by it. Me too. But what I didn't expect was f- how the zombies acted in that movie. How, yeah. like, yeah. aware they were of yeah. to do certain things, right? Like, like uh, how the zombie in the beginning was aware of bashing his head on the cement, on the cemetery block, right? Yeah. And then right. how they were aware of crushing the headlights. Yeah. Like the you know, intelligence. Like, like yeah. They, I, yeah. Exactly the intelligence, and I was like, I didn't expect these this movie to. Ha- I didn't know that's not something that's talked about, right? Right. The, the the aspect that's talked about in this movie is that there's a lot of them, and they walk towards you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but not that they were intelligent and had some right. awareness to them, right? It's so weird because like they're intelligent, but it also it feels like they're like at a zombie party and they're just like hurting over to the next event, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like they're not. They're just kind of like, well, there's some food here. Let's go over here. There might be, you know, it's almost like they're in a brand new city and they're just yeah. like looking around like tourists, like, oh, what's okay? Oh, that's totally. neat. Oh, there's then, a, oh, let's go get that guy. Wow. Oh, and here's a foot, you know? How they were all drawn to the house, too, is interesting. Yeah. Like, there was nothing that necessarily like drew them there. Right. right, they weren't like like usually the big thing is that if you make a lot of noise, the zombies will come. That's the same thing in Twenty Eight Days Later, where you know once they once they find one and they hear the screams, all of them yeah, come. Yep. You know, and they, the gas station explosion, they're all going to come now. Like noise is what draws the zombies, but in, the, in Night of the Living Dead, there wasn't like a lot of noise. Right, the they just kind of showed up at the yeah, house, and all yeah. of a sudden there was a bunch around him. Uh, and so that was kind of interesting too. Like I didn't, I thought there was going to be a more of an explanation for why they were all right. there. And maybe um, that's why they're smarter. Maybe he knew, it was like, well, I can't really, 
I can't really think of why they are coming to the house, but the audience might forgive or forget that if I have them taking the lights out and stuff to make it more scary, yeah. you know? Like, right, <laughs> totally. right. Um, so maybe maybe it was a, a tactic that Romero used, or, or maybe not. It's also, just, the zombies had fear. Like yeah, they were afraid yeah. of fire. Yeah. Like, right. Which is sort of something in the zombie genre, I yeah. guess, where that happens, where the zombies kind of, you know, show signs of fear. But that was also just really interesting. Like, I yeah. just... You kind of just expect them to be mindless. Yeah. Just walk and want to eat, and that's it, right? Right, right. It, it, it's funny, too, because, like, when you watch, you know, Dawn of the Dead and Day of the Dead, it's funny because I feel that those zombies have, like, you know, they they were dumbed down <laughs> compared they, to the zombies okay. here. That's, I, I, I feel. Like, because okay. they seem more, like, just, like, walking targets in Dawn yeah. and, and Day yeah. of the Dead. Like That's they, how the, <laughs> and the Dawn of the Dead remake was more like that, too. Where yeah, they and, were just mindless, and they and they were faster though, like twenty eight weeks, right? Or twenty wait, twenty eight days, I right? I don't think Maybe. so. No, I think they, they were slow. Yeah, I think they were. Oh, slow. Oh wait, the night night of living dead, the remake of the night of living dead, the remake or of the dawn. dawn of the dead. Oh, oh, the, the one, one, the one with uh, uh, Mackay Piper or whatever. Oh, it's been so. It's been a while. So I, I could. I could They're in the mall. Him. Is the big yeah? That's the, okay. Yeah, the three hundred yeah. guy did that, right? Right, um, Zack yeah. Snyder. Yeah, Zack Snyder. Yeah. I, I yeah I must have been confusing a different movie. The 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 evolution of zombies I think is that they kind of got more dumb, right? As time went yeah. on, and then you know the certain certain like video games kind of made it so that there were specialty zombies because you need you know in video games you like need a boss. strong characters, and stuff <laughs> yeah, and boss, and stuff yeah, like that. So, zombie dogs, but, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, so I, I'm curious too, like because like. You know, you have these movies like World War Z was definitely influenced by Twenty Eight Days. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, the yeah. whole kind. Of, they, the, they try to take it even further. Yeah, they're like six seconds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and, and even even um, the whole the, you were talking about the whole other um, ending of Twenty Eight Days Later, uh, and it, you're at like the lab and everything is kind of similar to World War Z. You know, is it? I haven't Be- seen World War Z. Oh, you haven't seen oh, World War Z. Yeah. Oh, 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 oh yeah, okay. that is similar. Yeah, but there's it's because they go to the lab basically. Yeah, um, it's, it's what Walking uh, Walking Dead does at one point. Yeah, where it, they go to the CDC or whatever, and that's know, true. Yeah, it. that's true. So, and maybe, and that's kind of like maybe now uh, not a cliche, but a, a trope. It's like, totally true. You know, like <laughs> you hear about the military installations or the right. government installations, and that's where you naturally want to go because yeah. that's where your right. answers will be. Yep. Right. Yeah. And another thing is. I read, too, that for Night of the Living Dead, which I thought was interesting, I'm curious what you guys think, too, is that Romero actually really considered uh, having them be aliens. At first, yes. Which is interesting, too. The first iteration of the script was aliens. Yeah. So that's kind of, that's, and that has kind of a more invasion of the body snatchers type of vibe to it. Um, And the zombies were, the aliens were bringing them back to life, essentially. Yeah, yeah. So I, I find... Oh, I find like that, that I, that's kind of a cool little thing to think about because if he had decided to do aliens, like the whole zombie thing would be completely different. It'd be totally different. <laughs> it's amazing how the little weird decisions that were made in this movie how it would have changed. Yeah, history everything. Yeah, entirely. Yeah. Movie history, you know, and pop culture history yeah. in general. Um, that's why this is like. Everyone knows about it. Because, you know, like, even Cannibal Holocaust, I don't even think would be in existence because of this movie. Without this movie. Really? You don't know? see the influence. Yeah, that's from... an interesting uh, point. 
because of the like, cannibalism because of the cannibalism aspect and the fact that like that those type of exploitation movies oh, and those true, type yeah. of movies wouldn't have really been a, a thing I don't think unless because Night of the Living Dead was the first like drive-in film the, the first like horror film that really showed like kind of graphic violence and right. stuff and this, I don't the slasher style like, yeah. horror I mean if yeah. it wasn't Night of the Living Dead it would have been some other movie but it well, but we wouldn't have been probably we wouldn't have been able to get I think you know um, like the whole Italian aspect of you know like City of the Living Dead like Lucio Fulci and and, and yeah. A Cannibal Holocaust all those type of films that are, are zombie and then like veer off from the zombies but like you know cannibal films and stuff like that because I think they are all related I mean not because they're horror but because the it way that the the, the the time era of all of that you know because you know it's you it's, wouldn't it's have 70s decade. horror like we know it right at all right right without the and like cannibal holocaust I mean it wasn't like it was a super big budget movie you know um fascinating movie yeah so <laughs> fascinating stoked yeah. when we talk about that one I am so pumped for that one um and the, also the other thing I want to talk about is in 28 Days Later so the the filmmakers kind of broke what I consider their own rule and there's one sequence that really just gets me every time I watch it <laughs> it's in the tunnel when the when they get stuck and then they finally get the wheel on and then they drive away the zombies wouldn't stop chasing them that scene always yeah. got me. Like, why yeah. would the zombies stop yeah. all of a sudden? And I get it because they're actors, and the actors are probably exhausted, but it's like, those zombies would not stop until <laughs> the car, like, disappeared or something. Yeah. And even then, I they would hear that. it. They'd I go saw that, you know? and it bugged me. It, it, it's weird, right? It's like, you, you set up these rules for zombies, and then yeah. kind of just fuck it up a little bit. Um, <laughs> so, I guess, moral of the story is have some rules, you know. And, don't break your own rules. No. Yeah, no, don't break your own rules in film. Right. Uh, and, you know, they, they could to- have easily inserted another shot in there. Like, that. Like even if that was the only shot that they had um, that for that, like, they could have cut back to the car for the, for the pacing of it, you know. Like, yeah. it's not like they didn't have options, you know. Right, um, exactly. So... I don't know. They could have cut to some B-roll to kind of get that spacing because it does linger on that shot in order to give you that like, hey, this is the end of an act kind of a kind of a yeah feel to exactly. It. Um, but I don't know. It just was like, why is that in there? You know? And I, right? I don't know exactly. Why. It's yeah. weird. And that seems also the most like cliched part of the movie. You know, trapped in a tunnel type thing yeah. in the car. You know, like it why just does seemed... it seem like a bad idea? Because it obviously seems yeah, like a bad yeah. idea. It it, 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 it's probably, probably the weakest part of the movie. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Because like how they the get into it, like it seems out of character a little bit. Like it, it, it doesn't, it doesn't seem to make much sense for these people who are like, you know, like they're about to die and they're just going to go for a joy ride over a bunch of other cars. Like that, yeah. It doesn't make any sense to me. Like, why There's three around? things I can think of in that sequence that doesn't make sense. One, a grocery store that's been untouched. Okay, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Two, how would that car get over a pile of cars? Like, there's just some <laughs> ramp on the cars? Yeah, the, the logic of that was... <laughs> it makes no sense. And then the zombie thing where they stop running after it. So, that's, yeah. see, you're definitely right. That is kind of the, one of the weaker points of the movie. Um I mean, the movie's still one of the... Yeah, I, I rate it five stars for 100%, yeah. but it's still, like, that's definitely, like, a, a weak point. Um, I, but, I mean, I real really, quick, you know, I guess we can... Yeah. Oh, yeah, go, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. Uh, 
Well, yeah, I was just gonna say that I I enjoyed the I like I felt like the movie needed the scene where they're in the grocery store, you know? Yeah, but totally. it, you're right. It didn't make sense that it was like clean as shit. Like that that shit would have been all sorts of fucked up. Like there was not even a trace of like a zombie in there, you know? Exactly, um, and it would have been looted to hell and back, you know, by oh, everyone because yeah. everything yeah. else was looted to hell and back. Exactly. So like, why yeah. would there just be a random store in the middle of the city? I do love the fact when he's like, when he's, when Cillian Murphy picks up the alcohol, he's like, dude, no, 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 no. Top show. Yes. Like, get the good stuff yeah, over here. Like, was amazing. <laughs> that was an excellent little thing. That's that. what I'd do, dude. I'd be like, wow, that bottle's $120 usually. Let's try that one and that one. Like, <laughs> yeah. We'll get four of these. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Alcohol is going to get you through the and apocalypse. That was man. also, you, you know, you talked about I Am Legend at the beginning of the podcast, and, and that was kind of the kind of the cool part of that movie was he could get, he could kind of get away with things that you would normally not right. do um, in, under you know in different circumstances. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which is kind of cool. He just got his Mustang and stuff. Right. I think um, it's a Mustang, right? Or was it a Challenger? I forget. It's been a while. I, yeah. But then he, like, remember. sets up all the mannequins to, yeah. uh, you know, just so he can talk to people. So, <laughs> so there's this awesome subreddit called Movie Details um, you should totally check out, which yeah. is literally just people, like, in this movie, you know, at one scene you see this, and then, like, 30 minutes later you see yeah. it come full circle. Like, they'll do weird little details, and they do the I Am Legend one where they say uh, the uh, when he's talking about when the mannequin shows up on the street and he's freaking out, apparently if you look really closely and zoom in, you the mannequin's head actually actually turns yeah oh, awesome which is, <laughs> makes it even creepier yeah. i noticed that in the theater when i watched it the first time i was I like never noticed oh that. my it's god funny. what the fuck and then right I, it just yeah it was just like it was subtle enough to where i think it just puts you on edge mm-hmm. that's funny i've never i never noticed it i've only seen the movie one time it's a cool subreddit where people just pick up all sorts of weird details oh yeah that stuff. I, I, I like reading yeah, go, going through all that they talk stuff. about the someone went through and and circled. They didn't do every scene, but they circled a bunch of uh, scenes in Fight Club with the where they show the coffee cup. Oh, cool! There's supposed cool. to be one in every yeah, scene, yeah. right? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so that's yeah. Th- they do crazy little things like that, which is pretty awesome. Um, that's where I noticed that. That's what that subreddit is where I found out the penguin thing on his shirt. Oh, okay. Uh, that Sweet. Brad Pitt has penguins on his shirt. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so if you need any that. film bro. Uh, you know, information, yeah. fun facts. Yeah, definitely check out that subreddit. If you want to sound smart while talking about film. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, just real quick, I think we can talk about, you know, like, reviews. You know, Jacob, I know you said you loved Night of the Living Dead. You want to marry oh, yeah. it. Um, so let's get some insight <laughs> into that. Oh, my God, I love Night of the Living Dead. I'm not a fan of the slapping of the woman. That felt, uh, you know, honestly, even if this was made... 10, 10 years prior I would have been fine with it but it just felt Doesn't so he punch her too or something yeah he like goes to town dude and he like knocks her like, out right yeah and then it, it was almost like she apologized for it too <laughs> so it was just like man, the women, <laughs> yeah it's just kind of the women are yeah, just horribly of... written in this movie it's like, like in uh, How to Marry a Millionaire when she's like don't you hit me like she's expecting to be hit like she knows right. it's just part of the culture yeah because <laughs> that, that was funny because it was playing off of it. honestly I think that's kind of interesting uh how they played <laughs> off that idea or that joke but here it's just like they're blatant and it's just like hitting a woman and it's like man that's yeah it was out of place blow. yeah that kind of stinks but like the women stink anyways in this movie because they're horribly written and like they they can't survive without their 
man and it's like uh, this just feels like some guy in his basement wrote this and this is like what his idea of women are so and it's uh, like you can't even say that's the dated aspect of the movie because it happens like you said even today yeah like it doesn't yeah. It, that doesn't date the movie which is no, weird yeah. you know I think like the it's sad slapping, the slapping really dates it but but you're right yeah it's kind of a common thing that hopefully will will change soon because you know i don't know women in movies like i'm kind of more interested in having female leads nowadays like it just there's something more it's definitely changing it. feels different yeah and that's changing now and i i like it i think it's great but definitely oh, that's yeah, the worst definitely. part of this movie definitely. um but everything else is just so great like how it's shot the black and white um everything is just gorgeously framed and just all even like i'm not usually a fan of the dutch angle but how they do it in this movie like i just love it you know and they they totally lean on the dutch angle for this but it's just so nice looking like everything is just so gorgeous and yeah the zombies are a little dumb and stuff but just like how they have the hands coming through the everything like it it's so cheaply made but in a good way like i felt like they got a lot out of it and the fact that they had so much so much of it was like character driven i think that's the big thing it, was, it almost felt like a play uh yeah, yeah it was movie. a play yeah and the, and yeah. they adapted it into a play did they yeah they that makes yeah, sense yeah, i want to yeah, say it was the late would. 70s or early 80s and they adapted it into a play and romero was actually a producer that's of, awesome of the, of oh that's play. cool yeah, yeah i can totally cool. see it working you know and like yeah. the characters are fascinating the fact that it's a black black lead i had no idea that would that he would be black uh, as a lead that totally just blew my mind and it just automatically like my english major brain just started thinking like i started like doing all these like race <laughs> uh things in my head like okay what is this saying about race even though that's probably not what the filmmaker was intending at all um, but it's still like it got me thinking about like okay this black guy's in charge like this is like kind of a big thing because he's like roll and then you have this other white guy who's like no i want to be in charge i'm like does is it about the race and it's left unsaid and you could tell this guy's really the white guy's really bossy and like wants to be in control um is that because he's insecure or is this like a a, a, like a white versus black thing so i don't know it just i just loved it for that because it just It, it, it stimulated my mind and even like the the zombies like i remember seeing like in a way like, like it, the way some of those shots like the clansmen coming towards the house to to burn down right you know? oh, that's interesting like you yeah. know what i mean like that had that to me i i remember having those comparisons feeling that way like oh i wonder if this is a subtle like very subtle you know subtle yeah because yeah. we've all seen those in, in many movies the, the shots of the the house and then the the you yeah. know the clans with the torches and the torches yeah, yeah. and stuff so They're lighting the cross on the yeah yeah so I, yeah there are yeah that's kind of the race thing um and, and that's another part of horror uh it's one horror is one of those um things that is it there a lot of horror films are very political like dawn of the dead and day of the dead is you know it's basically about the vietnam war you know um yeah and, yeah the, like horror more than most genres metaphor is attached to like, right. everything right. theorists love to just say like in night of the living dead i i kind of taking this a little i can't remember exactly he was this theorist was saying how like the zombies represented like capitalism i'm like yeah. dude like 
you know, yeah, like I saw that. that's for me is probably like reaching. You know, for me, yeah. a lot of theory is just kind yeah. of sounds like you're reaching. I generally I like theory, but kind of don't like theory at the same yeah, time. Yeah, it depends on on the theory, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> but, like, yeah. but horror is always always like the the best horror. You know, if you look at the theories behind it and the theorists and the essays, they're always saying this was a metaphor yeah. for this and this meant that, and actually right. that's why this yeah. is so amazing. Yeah. It's like, right. dude. You know, you're probably. And, and I think it's I think ignoring the other of, layers of the movie. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't like it when people say this means this, this means that. But I think it's interesting when 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 the film director takes something like a political turmoil, right, and then uses it as a metaphor. But it doesn't necessarily mean that this is this represents capitalism, right? It's it. It's because it's more. It's more than that, you know. Right. Uh, uh, I don't know. Well, so here's, I think here, to me, I it's... found the capitalism thing. It's oh, uh, go ahead. Yeah, Wood Wood asserts that zombies represent capitalists, and uh, cannibalism represents the ultimate uh, in possessiveness. Hence, the logical end of human relations under capitalism. Uh, he argues that the zombies' victims symbolize the uh, repression of the other in. Uh, I don't know this word. Yeah. Uh, others in American society, namely <laughs> civil rights movement, uh, feminists, homosexuals, and counter uh, culturalists in general. Interesting. So that's the victims. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, how does that like, not sound like reaching? Yeah. <laughs> well, it totally sounds like reaching, it, reaching. And it's it's so broad. I mean, that's the that's, that's, the, thing, that's the problem yeah. I have with it. So you, yeah, you can like, apply okay. that to. That's like a, a film bro trying to write a film essay. Right. Totally. Totally is. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Bro, trust me, I know what it's about, bro. Like, it's about capitalism. Do you right. know what capitalism is? <laughs> <laughs> you know you know it's a bro critique when it's saying that it's capitalism. You know? Yeah. Like hearing like, oh Mad Max, that's a critique on capitalism. Like how? Yeah. How is it a just tell me how. Tell me how it Why? Is. Because there's one guy who controls all the resources. Whoop de doo! You uh, got yeah. the surface layer of the but that's plot. Not, that's oh, yeah. not even capitalism. <laughs> that's not even what capitalism is. It's about communism. <laughs> yeah. Or or if they're smart, they say Marxist. <laughs> We're like, oh, this is Marxism. Yeah. But, they, but what they mean not, is capitalism. But, but they're not going to. <laughs> even Halloween, I'm pretty sure I've read some things where they yeah. talk about you know he represents this and the female represents this and. Yeah, blah blah blah. It's, yeah. That's why film theory just well, theory in general, literary theory is the same way too, right? Where they say this this character actually represents this, and it's like, yeah, you're not wrong, but you're also like explained it in such a way where it's hard to be like, well, you're wrong. Yeah, yeah. You know? I mean, it, yeah, it can be interesting, and it can just be like, eh, what are you doing? Yeah, <laughs> it really depends on yeah what it is. Honestly, not even like who wrote it, but more like just what they're saying. Exactly. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, this film is super interesting, too, because uh, Night of the Living Dead, um, apparently they took like 1,200 pictures of behind the scenes oh, pictures. Cool. And there's like a ton of just behind, like, they're so open about how they made the movie that it's actually really a good learning tool. I think there's a lot that can be gained, you know, to put in low budget low level filmmaking you know where you're where you're not working in hollywood yeah. indie yeah. not low level but indie filmmaking um there's a lot of lessons to be learned a lot of things you can take from this movie too you know and and just even plot and character wise a lot you can take from it for sure and it grossed like 240 something percent more than it was than the budget 
Yeah, it's bunny like, tiny. It too. was huge, um, and then yeah, adjusted it, for it, inflation. It, it like adjusted for inflation. It 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 uh, it earned about two hundred something million dollars. Uh, Jesus, uh, you know, which is that's <laughs> that's a lot of money. I think it had a really a limited today. release too. So yeah. like in its limited release, it made like, yeah, that's you know, and, incredible. Yeah. And that's uh, probably I don't know if that's including VHS and Blu-ray or DVD and all that I don't, I don't know. know, but yeah, it's pretty crazy. Uh, but just, twenty-eight days later, like the, uh, uh, for this movie, I just like the the controversy of like how shocking it was to everybody. <laughs> you know? Yeah, because like, yeah. you watch it now and you're just like, this is just like not this is just really shitty. You know, like <laughs> this is really like, tame. Like, well, it is like it's just it's not very like. You know, like, it doesn't make you scream and, like, but, like, I'm reading here that, like, you know, a, you know, women, like, it was, it was, it wasn't delightfully, it was delightfully scary for, like, the first half and then the second half it was just silent and everyone, everyone dies in the movie, the hero gets killed and it's very tragic and apparently, you know, people are, like, crying in the movie and stuff like that. And it's just, like, <laughs> during this. Like, come on. Come on. The wimps of, you know, the, the 70s. Gosh. Get stronger. Yeah. They didn't even know what was going to happen in the 70s by this point. Right. Like, yeah, how they shocked had... they were going to be with the horror coming out in the 70s. I mean, it's because that's right? the thing. This was made in 68. Four years later, you have a Clockwork Orange, Straw Dogs. I mean... It's amazing in those four years what the Vietnam War did yeah. and how you have those war photographers and, and the newsreel footage of these guys in Vietnam and what what the American people saw on TV and how desensitized they immediately became after seeing, you know, villagers getting burned, bodies, you know, uh, the, the, the horror that was Vietnam. Um, and then from, you know, that to in four years, how the the violence and how all, everything was ramped up portrayed in film is yeah. it, the. I mean, it's to me, it's one of my, it's one of the most interesting parts of film history for me is, the is 70s? late sixties to mid seventies because yeah. shit got real. Like filmmakers yeah. really pu- push the envelope on so many things on on every aspect of filmmaking they push the envelope 2001 came out around the exact same time yep. as this too yeah well, what, which is interesting that you point that out because that's when uh the mpaa started you know was right. in 1968 yeah. and i bet it was because yeah. people were pushing these boundaries and maybe you know they were bringing their kids yeah. to these movies and they were like yeah Oh shit! Like audiences are getting really pissed off. We need a rating system, you know. Yeah, we, this we is one of the this. first movies. Yeah, this is one of the last movies to be released without a rating, like in theaters. Right. One right. of the last ones, you know. So and now we have a crappy system for rating movies. Oh okay. yeah, don't even, get, don't even. It's literally based off of like uh, like personal preference. Nope. Like There's no real standard to nope MPA. And it's uh, also MPA double. The MPAA is also. Uh, Tightly um, tied in with uh, religious affiliation. Yep, um, and yeah. uh, the members membership is te- kept very under wraps, yep. and there's not like there's almost no. That documentary is interesting, the MPAA one, because they tried to film yeah. one of the members, and yeah. she flips Flipped out. out. Yeah, you know? this is not this film is not yet rated. Yeah, right. That movie, great, great documentary. One of my favorite yeah. documentaries about film, the, about film yeah. industry. Because they talk about how. 
the NC-17 rating kills your movie. It's the most bullshit rating ever because you can have like this graphic sex scene between a uh, straight couple, and then you could have like two girls like kissing topless, and it'll be rated NC-17 just because it's two girls. Yep. And it's because it doesn't fit with their religious beliefs. It's like fuck. Oh, off. then then you look at it like nowadays, like I could brutally murder someone and yeah. show it on screen yeah not real murder obviously but in movie murder yeah and have it be r and then the second there's sex it's like boom yeah out. it's like you gotta cut the sex it's out the otherwise stupid you can't it is most it's but the thing about nc-17 is that you can't market your movie it's illegal to market your movie if it hits that rating that's why it kills the movie because no theater chains are gonna want are gonna bring an nc-17 movie into the big uh into the big um which is funny because those yeah. big movie chains, they still have those posters, G-rated, yeah, yeah. PG, PG-13R, and NC-17. Yeah, it's like, yeah. you're never going to carry that one, but you put it on there anyway. Right, right. Like, yeah, you. yeah. I've seen a couple NC-17 films in theaters, but not in um, big theaters. You know? I don't it's even like know if the, the Pickford will carry them. They do, because I, I, um, I saw Killer Joe, and I also saw uh, Shame. Oh, and, Shame, and both Shame of those, NC-17. Both of those were NC-17. Um, also, that makes sense, I guess. Uh, I also saw... Um, another one. Oh, Nymphomaniac was in C-17. Of course. Oh, yeah, that was at the Pickford. I watched Yeah, that. and that was at the Pickford. Uh, I wish I would have seen it at the Pickford, damn it. They, there was, there's, yeah, there's a couple others that I've seen. Um, Requiem for a Dream was NC-17, but that movie got a really crazy cult following because it yeah. was actually good. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, that it was, was independently NC- distributed. I don't know why, well, the ending, I guess, makes it yeah, NC-17, it's basically I guess. basically the ending, yeah. I think, really. I mean, and also just the slow degradation of what the characters and the characters' morals and stuff. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it's so hard to take, but it's fucking real. So it shouldn't it, exactly. like it's real. Like that shit happens. Like people, sh- ah, it's so stupid. But you can have James Bond shoot you know 150 dudes right. uh, with hardly any blood, and then PG 13 and little kids go watch it. I know exactly. It's like come on. It's right. like it's, or, or you have so joke. bullshit. Yeah, but then you have movies where like uh, you know maybe some someone uh, smokes a joint. And it's just like, well, that's immediately rated R, even though that's legal in many, many states now and counties. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, kind of a joke. Wait, um, they were smoking reefer on film? <laughs> <laughs> you reefer, reefer, you kids and your reefer. Mar- madness. Madness. Reefer, madness. 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 Yeah. Uh, marijuana. 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 Those Mexicans and their marijuana <laughs> corrupting Whoa, our children. <laughs> this is the most racist one on the podcast. Because I'm Asian. It's because he's half. Yeah, he's half not white. <laughs> oh man, just, there's just a category. There's white and not white. Yeah, he's half. He's half not. Oh, <laughs> uh, god, damn it! Oh my uh, god. Uh, it's, my inner it's actually a I'm funny sorry. stereotype it's because it's a stereotype that Asian people are racist to get to black people. So, you know, they, black people kind of get shafted either way, I guess. Who's not um, racist to other cult? Like, who's just not? You know, it's true. It's true. Yeah. Um, so let's. So yeah. Obviously, all joking here. Um, yeah. Yeah. Except Byron. I didn't even say anything. <laughs> that's exactly it. I know that's why you're Keep not doing because you didn't say anything. You're the smartest one. Like if any of us, run, like none of us, can run for office in the future because people will find this podcast and they will tear us apart. Be like, guess what Jacob said? Guess what he said? Well, after after the 
what we have in office now, I think anything's going to be able to <laughs> we, we probably could run for office. Well, Kanye West is supposed to run in 2020, yeah. so... Dude, know. honestly, I would vote for him. I would <laughs> not <laughs> at all. I would. I'd much rather have Yeezy in office than fucking Trump. <laughs> I, hope he, I hope he renames the country to the West. <laughs> I hope. That would be amazing. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> he, wouldn't, he wouldn't even have the power to do that. <laughs> he can do it. He can do it. Just oh got to get God. some people to sign stuff. Write a song. That's hilarious. More than their son, Northwest, can come to the West. <laughs> yeah, he could live in the Pacific Northwest. It would be oh, amazing. Jesus. But, uh, oh, what, 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 if you guys had to pick which film, what, which, what would it be? Well, we didn't talk too much about 20 Days Later. Oh, that's true. But I would pick that over Night of Living Dead. For Me sure. too. 28 Days Later yeah. for sure. Uh, Night of Living, 100%. Like, yeah. I, I like 28 Days Later, but um, it's uh, it's honestly, it's it's not my kind of movie. It's it's uh, it's good, but um, I'm just not a big zombie movie guy, you know? like Totally, yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm not either. Not In but general. Yeah. 28 Days Later is my favorite zombie movie. Yeah, I don't yeah. like... I can't even think of really others that I've... I mean, I've watched other ones, but it's just... You know, 28 Weeks is okay. Um, and I've seen Tra- Dawn of the to, Dead. Train to Busan is really good, if you guys have seen uh, I want to see that. I want to see that That one. one's is supposed to... I've heard it's good. Yeah, I haven't seen yeah, that. Yeah, it's super that's, good. That's the super fast zombies, right? Yeah, Again. really fast zombies. And the characters are really interesting and vivid, um, which is why I like it. <laughs> um, but it's also, it's one of those movies where it's like on a train. So it's really cinematic, you know. So yeah, uh, I love train movies, just point man. point A to point B. Uh, every train movie, I think, is good it's, because yeah. it's, they're easily shot. They're moving from one place to another, you know. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm actually looking forward to uh, Murder on the Orient Express. Oh, that? it, that's the Christie Christie. Yeah, book. Johnny Depp, Michelle Pfeiffer, Daisy. That's such a weird tone. What's to her name? Movie, the lady, the, the girl from Star Wars, uh, and then uh, Daisy Ridley. Uh, yeah, uh, Josh Gad. Um, Dude, uh, look at the trailer. I don't. It, have you ever read the cast, book? Huge cast. You ever read the book? Uh, no. no. Penelope Cruz. This Penelope is one Cruz. of those ones where I'm like. I don't care that they changed. Oh, Penelope Cruz. Hey, buddy. Dude, yeah, they, it has I'll everybody. It, it has everybody. It has a dude. big cast because there's there's ten people, and then Perot and his his uh, sidekick yeah. or whatever. Oh, and Willem Dafoe's in it too. Um, but ah, they changed. Face. They changed Perot. So, um, <laughs> what did you say? What did he say? I didn't even hear. I never heard that. What? He called Willem Dafoe <laughs> shovel face. Shovel face. I never heard that. I I've never heard that. Oh my god. <laughs> shovel face. And I like how I like how you're not even like 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 he slipped it attempting in there. to 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 tell why. <laughs> why? <laughs> I don't. I've never heard that either. Oh my god, that's a <laughs> I don't know why that's funny to me, but it was. Um, oh, welcome. okay. So, um, Shaun of the Dead is good. Oh, that's, Shaun of the Dead. Right. Oh, that's actually, So that's, yeah. that's, because okay. it's got that tongue-in-cheek comedy to Oh my to god, it, right? Shaun of the Dead. How could but I have forgotten? Fincher's oh, taking, oh, oh, I see. Fincher's Are taking you looking a crack at, at zombie some. movies? Yeah, because I was trying oh, to think yeah. of the ones that I had seen. Venture's oh, yeah. taking a stab at World War Z two, right? Right. right. Um, I'm excited be, that, for that. That could yeah. be could be cool. But I've seen the remake of Dawn of the Dead. Zombieland was actually was good. I thought. Zombieland yeah, elements of that yeah. were okay. Um, yeah, yeah. 
I, I like that movie, but I'm, I'm just a big fan of uh, not Michael Sarah. I can't remember what his, what is his name again. Uh, is he Jesse Eisenberg? Eisenberg? Yeah. Uh, Eisenberg, yeah. yeah. I'm a huge fan of Eisenberg. I've heard he's I a douchebag. I, I kind of heard that too. but like, I heard that 100%, tool. but I think I just like to see him on screen. You know? I'm also I don't need to meet him in person. Did you see that movie uh, by Woody Allen that he was in um, with Blake Lively and Kristen Stewart? Uh, I forget the name of it, but it's actually really good. It came out like last year, a year before. Oh my gosh. Uh, uh, I don't know. It's, it's a really... Yeah, Blake Lively, uh, uh, Kristen Stewart, uh, Colin, uh, Steve. Was it that Steve, war movie? Steve, uh, Steve uh, Farrell. Um, oh, Pontypool. Uh, that was an interesting one. Ponty, you know, I never saw Pontypool. That's about the DJ guy, right? Yeah, the yeah. radio DJ. Planet Terror, I guess. Is a oh, Planet Terror. Too. Planet Terror was good. That's solid. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. a zombie. And Tom Savini, who did... The effects were Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead. He directed is, one too. Uh, yeah, and he he directed the he remake of the 90s, Night of the Living yeah. Dead. Yeah, he was he was he acted in Planet Terror. Um, let's see. Uh, oh, have you seen Dead Snow? Dead Snow. Dead yeah. Snow. Weird... Actually, I like Dead Snow. That's a trippy Snow. take on yeah, it. Yeah. Actually, so hey, that's dude, Nazi zombies. You can't. That's a great uh, villain right there. Nazi zombies. It's well, Call yeah. of Duty made it really popular, True. right? Yeah. Uh, but those zombies don't turn you from when you're bitten. That's that's an interesting take on the zombie. Oh, one. Uh, I didn't even think of that. If I remember it correctly. The dude gets like bitten by like eight of them, and, and they just, just die, right? You just die yeah, instead. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I've seen Land of the Dead. That one was pretty bad. Uh, and that was Romero too. That I was one of his later ones. Yeah, so, yeah, two thousand five. That's where the zombies use guns. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, are you talking about Cafe Society? Byron. Wait, sorry, you you're cutting out again. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, that. Are you talking about Cafe Society? Byron. Oh, Cafe Society. Oh, yeah, is the yeah. Film. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I haven't seen that. It's good. You should check it out. I think you'd like it. Yeah, I should. I, yeah, I like uh, Woody Allen despite his, uh, you know. You know. You know yeah, no, I, I, no, for sure. For sure. We, I all, mean, I, we all know. We I like, know. I, I've seen all of his new films. Um, there's quite a few of his other films I haven't seen, but I've seen everything from like 97 You haven't up. seen his entire body of work? I haven't, but I've you seen... You call yourself a film? I'm just kidding. I've, see, I've seen all of his <laughs> films. He's made like 80 movies. I know, but I've seen like, I think all of his films from like the late 90s and then a, a, a couple from the 70s, uh, the 70s, like uh, Annie Hall. I've seen that, but... Oh, yeah, I haven't yeah. seen any of his movies. Yeah. I have Annie almost Hall no interest. I haven't seen Manhattan though. I have almost no wow. interest in Woody Allen stuff. I mean, it's interesting because I think you might enjoy Annie Hall. I think Black some of it. I, I like the Irrational Man <laughs> with uh, Joaquin Phoenix. Like, that was pretty good. The thing about this is, we will be talking about Woody Allen at some point. Yeah, because yeah. we have to. Yeah, because he's a prolific filmmaker. Yeah. but I honestly have had zero interest in watching any. Of yeah, it. I, mean, I haven't seen anything. Yeah, I don't know. Just never been a guy who appealed to me. Yeah, he's uh, done some cool movies because he's done different genres. So you know, but yet it, they all remain Woody Allen movies, which is interesting. Yeah. So, yeah, it's like how his process of making a movie is really interesting, too. Yeah. I've seen a lot of the Resident Evil movies, too, I guess. Huh? Yeah, Resident Evil. Um, um, I also I think I've seen this Berlin Undead one, but I don't really remember it. I don't know why I even watched it. Uh, but anyway, yeah, so they're saying Wreck and Quarantine are zombie movies, but I guess there's elements of it. Anyway, yeah, I don't think zombie... I mean, I'm glad we touched on it, or like getting kind of <laughs> almost getting it out of the way. Because uh, I think you, we need to talk about zombies, especially now yeah, where they're so it's popular. Big, it's but big, it's popular definitely thing, uh, yeah. 
yeah. know, we'll come across it again when Fincher does his World War Z thing because I think we'll all go see that. What you know, um, not high on the list of stuff to watch zombie yeah. movies in general. Yeah, we'll watch. We'll pair that with Zombie Strippers. Did you guys watch that? No, but that <laughs> has uh, what's her name in it, right? Uh, Jenna Jameson or something. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Why I know this, I have. I don't know why I know this. You you were asking the question as I was pulling up the Wikipedia uh, page, and that's the first name I saw. And and now I see her on the front, and she just looks like a super sexed up um, lady. You know, red lipstick, big stripper looking blonde hair. She's in a bra on the front cover of this movie. That movie's actually it's not bad. I watch it. I watch it with a bunch of buds, and it's kind of, it's kind of, it's just a fun, just hangout kind of. Movie, totally you know? bra. Totally bra. It's totally a bra. <laughs> like, it's totally it's a, a frat. Movie. It's a frat boy movie. <laughs> <laughs> film bro, hundred percent film bro it's, movie. It's it's um, super campy, but maybe not in the best way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like terrible. Yeah, it's not very. Like, it's not very good. Camp, it's like it's know? like the Reefer Madness musical. Equivalent of to zombie, zombie movies. movies. <laughs> 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 nope. Not even close. Uh, oh man. It's not I, even not even. I had to say it. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's funny because it's true. <laughs> <laughs> no. Nope. Well, you might like this one more because it has your your gal Jenna Jameson. Actually, you know what? I don't think I've I mean, I am really not familiar with Jenna Jameson at all, but I, it's just a weird, like, movie <laughs> trivia fact that I have. For some reason, I've had stored in my head, you know? It's weird. I remember my right. uncle and my aunt telling me that they were watching um, Zombie Strippers or whatever, and I just thought it was funny. I was like, oh, that's funny that they're checking that out. And I and then I remembered, you know, I don't know. It was just, it's weird how my brain works. Well, you know, she, she did, I'm looking at her stuff now, but she did hardcore porn for a really long time. So oh, that's what she, yeah. Well, no, that's... Brain. Well, no, yeah. I mean, that's how she got famous. She's one of the most successful porn actresses of all time, and she's she's worth a lot of money. I mean, she's. I'm reading she, about that now. Yeah, Shit she's nuts. She has she's she's a really good businesswoman. She has a head on her shoulders. He's reading is, about it now, which is pretty. <laughs> she, has a <laughs> she has a head on her shoulders. <laughs> no, I mean she does. Shoulder. I mean she she's a she head, on her head in the hands. Like you know, she no, but she has definitely. Uh, <laughs> She's definitely um, done well for herself because she's one of the, she was one of the first uh, pornographic actresses that made it out of the in- industry and became uh, became known for other things besides her adult uh, books videos. Yeah, how to make love like a porn yep. star. A cash. Did you guys? Did you guys ever see the girl with all the gifts? No, that's the new one with Glenn Close and stuff in it, right? I don't know who's in it, but it's yeah, it's a new one. It looks kind of cool. I heard it the is concept a good, looks refreshing pretty, take on yeah. the zombie genre. The trailer looked. Um, I remember seeing it, and I'm like, that's a very interesting uh, concept. We should mm-hmm. pair that one up with maybe the new World War Z. Film. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, that that be could good. be. It, or, I, I don't know. I think we should do Zombie Surfers still. I, I let's not rule that one out yet. Well, no, I mean, yeah, but we could also do like we could do <laughs> for, like train for Byron. Maybe we fire. could do like Train to Busan, Busan or Busan and the the one that you just talked about, and then maybe cool, we could do guess, yeah. Zombie Strippers with something else too. Or we could just watch Zombie Strippers and have this be a Zombie Stripper podcast for for the next. Six we should years. do another another. Uh, <laughs> oh, God, in the same room where we comment on the film. Yeah, oh, that would be a good one. It. Yeah, apparently. Okay, so just real oh, quick, that would be good. 
I just real quick, uh, I was listening to a, a interview with Joe Rogan and Doug Benson, and they're talking about because Doug Benson does a movie podcast, right? Called uh, Doug Hart's movies Doug, or something like that. Yeah, Doug loves <laughs> Doug Hart's movies. Um, and I guess, especially if you're making money off the podcast, you got to be really careful about whether you play the film if you can hear the film playing in the background. Oh, yeah. So for us, we're not making money off the podcast. Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess. But for American World of London, when we did that episode, yeah. you can hear the whole movie the whole time. So I guess <laughs> we got to be careful with that. Like, yeah. Um, Which, if that happens, then we could just deal with it. Episode yeah, down. But, yeah. Right, totally. Right, whatever, but, but you know, just for the future, we have to get there first. And honestly, yeah, if totally. we get there, that's a win for us. Yeah, yeah right? totally. If totally. we get enough money to even pay for daily expenses, I'd be yeah stoked. Oh yeah, that would be cool. Sweet. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, no plans. Just uh, doing what we can. Just talking movies is yeah. really the yeah. the big thing here. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think uh, we, I don't know, we're at about two hours. Yeah, so uh, probably try and wrap it up here. Uh, we're gonna add in Dogma ninety five because I totally forgot about that as a film movement to the film list. So Sweet. we'll be talking about that at some point. Far into the future in our list of 350 freaking film pairings we have. Um, but anyway, so if you have uh, any questions, topic suggestions, opinions, or if you have any fact corrections, send an email to btvfilmspodcast at gmail.com. We're always trying to learn new things. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, you can also visit our Facebook page, join our group to comment on or discuss this week's episode or any past episodes. We love discussion just in general. It's nice to just hear yeah. you know, things. Any, um, any and, sort of feedback yeah. or... I would yeah, love to you, discuss past episodes with people, honestly. Yeah. Oh, that would be sweet. Yeah, if you like, were like, hey, how come Jacob didn't reference the angel in this episode? Well, there it is. <laughs> Damn it. I was going to bring it up. Dude, I was going to bring it up. I wasn't going to. Well, not like after it ended. I was going to be like. It's best at the end. Yeah. It's best oh, at the end. Because you guys god. are like, oh my god, he forgot. I, I, know. I never forget. I never forget. <laughs> That's so old already. <laughs> God damn it. I'll tell you what, if you guys don't bring up Rep and I won't bring up the end. I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it. We'll see how it goes. Um, all of our episodes can be found on iTunes and at soundcloud.com slash BTB Films. I'm behind, so I gotta get that one up our film episode up for sure. Um, but our intro and outro music was composed by Curtis Skinner, who can be found at skinnyproducing.com. Skinner. Next week, we'll be covering Vertigo and The Quick and the Dead with a technical discussion about the Vertigo effect, a.k.a. the Hitchcock zoom, Dolly zoom, or Zolly shot, uh, which is that weird shot that you see in movies pretty much all the time. Yep. It's pretty common. It looks like the world is squishing. Every student film has it. I've never tried to I've do it. I've never tried it either. It's hard I, because, I tried it and, because and of that. Miserably. Yeah. yeah, it takes it takes a, cord, a lot of coordination to be able to pull off both things at once. So, well, for uh, for us, it wasn't coordination. It was uh, the fact that the background wasn't distinct enough to be able to get oh. the squishing effect. Uh, uh, so there wasn't enough depth. There was we were making this. The idea was to do like this kind of more pretentious movie with plain backgrounds and stuff. And oh. Um, it, we tried to do it, and it was just like you just can't even see it. So we went, we went with a different shot for that. We just did a regular zoom. Wow, um, you're such a noob. <laughs> <laughs> that is uh, that is that is I'm, true. I'm Winner kidding. of the audience award, I'm kidding. Uh, Seattle 48 hours. <laughs> so Vashi, <laughs> just to get a. God damn it! Um, I was just a... about to get my measuring tape out too. <laughs> What? <laughs> oh, oh, I thought we were, you know, 
No, never mind. No, oh, I'm, oh, I'm, yeah. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, I was about to like, be like, hey, do you want to go film the sequel to Zombie Strippers? I'll get the tape. See, I just need to slam mine down on the table and I'll, you know, I just wait. We don't even have to see it. We just hear it. You're yeah. like, okay, he's got it. Yeah. Wait, we should all do that on the podcast so the listeners know. That's terrible. God dang it. Oh, we get so sidetracked with this all the time. Um, anyway, Why don't you close the show, Keith. Trying to here. Slack it. Uh, but anyway, slacker. so Vashi Visuals, VashiVisuals.com does not does an awesome uh, video on all the or not all, but a bunch of different uses, like eight and a half minutes long of a bunch of different uses of the Zolly shot. So check that out if you want to see all the different ways it's used. Um, do you guys know that there's one in Pulp Fiction? No. There, yeah, there probably is. I, uh, it's hidden. Let me think it's about it. Hidden. Let me think about it. Uh, uh, yeah, yep, yep. It's, uh, it's uh, when, uh, I think it's when he's getting high, right? Travolta, maybe? No. Fuck. It's uh, close. You're close. It's, it's, Byron, it's, I thought you were like a super fan. Uh, I, I am. I am. It's, it's right. It has to do with getting high. Byron's like... For the listeners, Byron is slamming his head on the desk. <laughs> oh my god, this is pissing me off because I I, I know I'm I'm aware of the dolly shot of the of the dolly shot or whatever uh, in Pulp Fiction. I am I am definitely aware of it. Has because... to do with drugs, doing drugs. Oh, it's the part when uh, Mia Wallace oh, is in the uh, the bathroom, right? Or when she's no 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 it's she, it's close it, it is with she, Mia Wallace when she's ODing in the living yeah, room yeah. when she goes to sit when she lays back on the couch um, and is like freaking out on her nose that's the, actually a, a Zolly yeah that's like very very small very hard to see that's a good one though because it, yeah. it fits so well with her state of mind exactly it's so good exactly I knew there oh, um, fuck, so it is there's one he slips one in there I think it's his only Zolly shot I'm pretty sure but uh, he he slips one in there um, but there's one in like there's one in Ghostbusters obviously there's a famous one in Good fellas um yep. but there's just lots of random ones that get used jaws is famous um, but anyway so it's vertigo effect zolly shot uh vertigo is the first film to have ever done that so we'll talk about that but anyway so make sure you watch the films be a part of the discussion thanks for listening thanks guys thanks.